Because there were definitely moments where the Jays could have lost some of those games. Like they weren't after the first one, they weren't crashing by any stretch. Nope, they were playing just. Honestly, I don't know how it started the year so bad for the Can we just become a baseball podcast? Because I'd be way more into this. To another episode of Hockey in Canada. I'm your host Tom, and with me as always are Dan, Ward, Mike, Steve. Man, I feel like it's been forever. Has been forever. Um, it's been three weeks. Well, three weeks. <laughs> but <laughs> you weren't here last time. You haven't I, had the I, whole... wasn't here, I wasn't here before that either. Haven't had yeah, the whole you didn't hear Charlie the tap dancing dog upstairs. Oh I've, God! I've been. I think I've been five weeks away, possibly seven. Yeah, it's been a while for you. It's been a while. I feel like I haven't seen you in forever's. So oh, I'm glad I'm it's gonna be really fun because when we talk about this, when we talk about this week in hobby, it's gonna be like more 40k shit Steve was working on. Pretty much, there's there's really not a lot to say there actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Uh, so let's just jump into it. Uh, the first thing we got on here is uh, this week in hobby. <laughs> Steve, what do you got? So my last seven weeks in hobby have not been hugely productive, but I have made some progress on my Harlequins. So. I got uh, a couple of their transports built and actually finished painting the, well, not finished painting, but I finished um, sub-assembly painting the Harlequin players mm-hmm. because they've got a lot of different colors. So I did like the, the um, ribbons and tassels and shit that they have, quite bright pinks and uh, yellows and that kind of stuff. And their masks are actually a separate piece. I don't know if anybody's actually built the Harlequins, hmm. but the front of their face, like the player's mask is actually completely separate. So you can always, and it comes with about... I want to say 30 masks on the sprue like there's a ton of them so I just airbrushed them all in the sprue did them white so that was one of the things that I did and then I've also been working on making my knights match my mechanicus a little more so rebasing them that's been seven weeks of hobby so not the greatest but progress okay uh go ahead Mike shame him oh it's not that big I got uh finished five brutes this week uh for my OS and what else let's see I got about another Nine cavalry, uh, all the furs done, all the skins done. Uh, the armor's got all the base coats on it now. And the Gore Boys or the Gore Grunters? The Gore Grunters, sorry. Yeah, okay. it'll be the Gore Grunters. Big difference. Yeah, <laughs> they're huge, actually. They're, yeah. There's a lot of surface area on those puppies. Um, and I got the 10 uh, Hard Boys, all armors, base coat, all the skins done on them. All the bases are done for all of them. I feel like you're oricking wrong when you actually pronounce the H. H-O-K, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, <clears throat> new, brand new for AOS Oryx. Is that better? No, Ard Boys. Ard Boys, okay, there we go. Yeah, I think That's it's an apostrophe. To be totally fair, like, I kind of feel like there's a difference between like, an Ard Boy and a Hard Boy. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, very, <laughs> very different. One is used in miniature gaming, the other is found at a bathhouse. Ooh, okay. Uh, didn't need to know that, thank you very much. Uh, other than that... <laughs> I kind of switched off and painted a single figure just to try some new techniques out, and that's that's about it. How did you find working? Because I saw you did that really cool one um, with the ice effect on the base. Yeah. Um, what exactly did you use for those that ice effect? Oh, it was it was a crushed glass, but it was also the GW stance heated over a candle and stretched. Hmm. Cool for the icicles. Yeah, it looked really good. Yeah, it's a lot of fun actually. 
Lots of people were inquiring about that. So. Oh, are they? Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe um, we could at some point do a further breakdown of exactly what that process is. Oh, yeah, yeah like. absolutely. Yeah, sure. Cool. I just didn't think about it. <laughs> uh, great. Wardo, how many buildings do you have left to paint? <sighs> well, I bought a lot of buildings, so technically I still how have. How many assembled buildings do you have left to paint? Um, Chinatown, I don't know if I'm going to get done completely because there's a lot of detail on that. Yes, indeed. But I figure that I can at least get, like, the three-story buildings that I have, so I have eight of those. Um, they've got more than three colors already, so those could be just throwing on tables right now. Um, to get done-done, I mean, ideally I want to get, like, decals for, like, uh, graffiti on the side of the walls and that sort of thing, but that can always happen, like, later. So I got probably... I should have... 30-some new buildings done for Onslaught, so... Nice. Holy yeah. balls. So, I'll, well, when we talk about the first period, it kind of, like, ties in with that and helps me out, so... <laughs> I can't really take all the credit sort of thing, so... All right, fair enough. But, yeah, not everything will be done, but you'll have some new uh, new buildings. For so, sure. 40k players, fucking sign up. It's going to be cool. <laughs> it'll be all the buildings. Hopefully, yeah. Uh, so that, that's been the majority and then, uh, I've been spending money in the meantime. So, and that kind of ties in with shut up and take my money. So I'll talk about that after. Okay, sure. I painted a space marine and no one was shocked. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of space marine? It was the Imperial <laughs> Space Marine. Even notice. <laughs> He's the, I painted him in Raven Guard colors. He's the guy with the disintegrator gun from the yep. anniversary. Oh, he's so. Raven Guard. Did you do yep. him uh, like new style Raven Guards you've always talked about or did you make a match? Uh, he matches the rest of the army. <sighs> did you, all, style. I forget, did you, last episode, did you tell the listeners where you found him? Oh, yeah, I think I've mentioned that a couple times where he was lost. He was hiding, like, inside oh, yeah, the roll right. of in paper towel. <laughs> he was like, inside. Like, he was in between the layers of paper towel in the roll. He wasn't, like, hiding in the tube. He was between the layers. Do not ask me how, because it makes no sense, but I couldn't find him for you weeks. You know what this reminds me of? Weeks. The scene in Step Brothers where they were sleepwalking and doing insane things. <laughs> Just putting, like, cushions in the, in the oven. Which is actually kind of funny, because as soon as you said, like... Um, between the folds, I like started like thinking like between two ferns. <laughs> <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, but so, yeah. it's good. So I got him all done, and the I'm guessing he's on the interwebs. Yes, he is on the Facebooks and elsewhere, so you can Facebooks. check out some pictures there. And yeah, I was really, really quite happy with how he turned out. The one, the shoulder pad with the chapter badge on it, to me, really ties together the entire model because all the detail, all the colors, all the detail on that model is on the one fucking side. And the other side was just, like, completely plain. So, it for me, it took that shoulder pad to really tie all the different elements of the color scheme together. And so the model doesn't just look like completely different color schemes on the left or the right side. So I was very happy with how that worked out. Black and red checkers and stuff for a little bit of visual interest. Nice. And, yeah, it was a fun little project. And first finished model I've uh, gotten done in a while. So feel pretty good about that. A little bit of momentum going now. Nice. Starts with one. Soon you'll have two. <laughs> Because you can't paint just one. I hope. Actually, I, with Dan, he can. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that before. Well, a year, but like he will paint more. Eventually. I have more Forge World Raven Guard to do. You, so. I will say this. I think you are the person that has the most beginnings of an army via single figure of anyone I know. <laughs> I've done that a lot of times. <laughs> this is a test figure for the army I'm going to do and buy. And then I usually, <laughs> and then I usually just end up not finishing a painting contest model that year, and then just enter it in Golden Demon instead. And it's basically the same as painting an army. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Pretty much. Uh, 
I guess for me, um, I've, I don't know. Did I talk about the fact that I finally got all my Malifaux stuff in the mail last week? No, or you last were time? waiting on it. Um, but I got it all in. Uh, I put together Sparks and the Mechanical Pork Chop and the Survivors. And I'm going to have those done up for Onslaught. And I... Uh, oh, man. So, this is not a test. We've talked about before. Is that like a post-apocalyptic skirmish game that doesn't have any models? And well, I think they do have now, but not well, they're like getting some. Rate. But it's it's still one of those games where it's kind of more like a historical, where you kind of buy whatever you want and make a crew. Yeah, they have like list archetypes, and you basically just pick anything goes from any other manufacturers. So I've been feeling a little bit stagnant with working on various projects, and I I made the decision because those of you that have listened before will recall that I ordered a handful of elf models. <laughs> Yes, unfortunately, we do with all this. And so I decided to um, do up a Mel- Melmachian militia for this game because me. <laughs> and so I've started converting up a bunch of elf models to be various infantrymen for this crew. So have you had to order more? Okay, fun fact. So I did order 10 more. And in the like confirmation that it was being packaged and shipped email, the guy's like, so what are you using these for? Because <laughs> it's a small enough outfit that the guy actually emails you personally to confirm that it's being packed and shipped. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to make a militia for this. Uh, this is not a test game. And I haven't heard anything back since. <laughs> he's frightened. Uh, I have. I know exactly what he's thinking. Like, fucking Christ. Are you kidding me? What's his reaction? Oh, but okay, but this is the guy that actually made an ALF model for sale. This is on him, not me. Debatable. He's the enabler. <laughs> He's enabling the shit out of he me. He probably was like, ah, oh, this is hilarious. He was just sculpting something and it was just not going right and turned into Alf and was like, I'll sell it. See what's happening. And, and then you took it too far. <laughs> <laughs> to date, I have ordered 14 28 mil Alfs. 24? 14 28 mil. 14. Wow. I and guarantee you're the only one. I guarantee you're the only one on the planet. No. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'd probably. I'd probably put that as a safe bet. I'm, I'm going to go with you. If you can get the guy to respond to another email, you should ask how many he has sold. It's probably like 14. <laughs> Tom just cries. No, I've seen a couple painted online, which is how I found them in the first place. But uh, there's also like a pretty decent chance that if this works out, I might actually push it to something larger. Just because, yeah, yeah. You know when you feel a little bit stagnant in what you're doing and you've painted the same things too much and every once in a while you just kind of end up taking it too seriously, focusing on these bigger projects and armies and everything else, and just being able to paint like a dozen elves that are converted up and I'm going to be able to work on my sculpting and so I'm actually using this as a project to push my you, skills. I will give you that the hobby has that ridiculous aspect to it. Every game system has some of that don't take yourself too seriously type thing where... I think it's lost a little bit in like War Machine 40k and the more serious games so it's kind of nice to go back to like the skirmish type stuff like in Mordheim where you'd have that ridiculous model that was just stupid that you made for no good reason. But I even remember back in the day like when there was uh, like locally in Canada there was that Monty Python Bretonian army. Yeah! That was hilarious and actually really well done. Oh it was beautiful. I I played against that at my very first tournament my my first tournament game ever of my entire life was with my Skaven against yeah. that army. Those two, like having two, I see. The squires I saw the same one. Yeah, yeah. They had the coconuts instead of the horses. They were on the cavalry bases, but they had the squire behind with two coconuts. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah, but like that kind of stuff, I haven't seen anything quirky like that in a really long time. And I got added to the this is not a test official like fan Facebook page, 
and those guys are all doing it right. Like, there's one survivor-looking model in a banana suit with, like, a baseball bat. Oh, hassle-free miniatures makes that. Yeah. But, <laughs> good. Good. And there, there's a zombie version of it now. Where the guy in the banana suit is just a zombie now. And the best part is, you know, before he was wearing a banana suit, he was in his banana suit. Because he was naked. Because that's how he sculpts. Uh, what? Okay, let's move on. <laughs> well, the guy that sculpts hassle-free models will paint, will sculpt every model as a nude model before he puts the actual clothes in there. So he does the full musculature and anatomy, including the balls, and then he sculpts the clothes. Oh, good. So, Because <laughs> it's important to know if he's tucking to the left or the right. It affects the composition of the piece. Steve missed this conversation last episode. True. So. This right. is what happens when you're gone, Steve. This is where we go. <laughs> we talk about Alf and uh, sculpted penis. You didn't rein us in. <laughs> I, I was scared, Steve. I'm the person that reins everybody in. That's not good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I gotta just say it's it's really kind of fun to just approach the hobby in one of those purely how can I get the most possible joy out of this? And it's making me really excited for this is not a test because once this once this crew is done. It's going to be something really personal, really fun, and I gotta say, if you're feeling stagnant, try something silly. Force yourself to learn how to sculpt a little bit better, or can do your better conversions and, and really work on it, right? Because I don't think I've had this much fun since I was kit bashing my old uh, buggies for my Grot Army out of like that was a long time ago, like orc chariot bits and cannon bits from the Empire box and just whatever I could get my hands on to make vehicles for orcs. This is kind of this is kind of fun. Or the um, the storm boys that were Grotz riding rockets. Yes, that was pretty cool, actually. <laughs> like that kind of <laughs> stuff. It's I don't know. You, you, every once in a while, you just kind of lose the the crazy joy out of gaming. And it's really fun to get back into it. Yeah, I'll give you that. I just think Alf is not the answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's only one of eight answers. Like, is only one can be Alf. Uh, it's, mm. don't, don't go there. The rest just are just general Melmachians that he's found floating through space. Just kind of let it fade away and you'll be The okay. leader of your gang should be General Melmachian. Just saying, because he just said the word. <laughs> well, that, that I guess that will be Alf's title. Because he has to be the leader. Yeah. We should stop encouraging this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Enabling me! There's Battletech and Alf. It's all for days. <laughs> oh my god. I need to start working on Clan Owlbear. Hard. <laughs> okay, change the topic. Quick, somebody else. I, I got, okay, gone for No, no, what we're gonna weeks. do is, because uh, we're gonna just reverse order for Shut Up and Take My Money. Um, so Shut Up and Take My Money for this week, for me, it was ordering more 10 more Alfs. Okay, okay. Just immediately skip on, Dan. <laughs> There you go, Mikey. That's my shut up and take my money. It's oh, Warhammer Quest Silver Tower Hero Cards. Because we're basically making Mike paint all the things, so I bought him the deck of the Hero Cards that... They, the ones that come in the That's app true. and everything, but this way, if, like multiple people are coming over and don't have the app, they don't have to share an iPad. That that's very fair. We all were like, "Ooh, we have a hero that we could each play." No one's painting any of the bad guys. <laughs> just quietly yeah. hoping Mike will. Yeah, no, I will. Give me those goblins. I'll do them up. Yeah, I think I will. I actually got a. I actually got the um, the bases. The uh, what are they called? Shattered ground ones. Oh, oh yeah, they yeah. fit really well with the board. Yeah, and single tag green goes really well with the board. Yeah, I think I think those bases with some of the texture paints yeah. for like a little bit of extra sand and the crackle and all the other stuff mm-hmm. would be pretty awesome. Yeah. Those bases by themselves I think are a little bit flat. But No, with, not really. They actually got a lot more depth than you think. 
but it's not sharp edges. Yeah. They're all rounded edges. You, it's, uh, you can dry brush these puppies, really. Okay. And they also, should, yeah. the other thing to just kind of throw in, it's they're going to be out next week. Shut up and take my money. New texture paints from G-Dub. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Look real good. So the bigger pots, and they're going to be they're going to color match some of the existing texture paints, and just be a different texture. So that's kind of, that's neat. I do like that. The one that I really like is the clumpy crackle, where it it's because the crackle paints right now are that really flat crackle, which if used in moderation can look really good. But having a whole base with that like clumpy textured crackle, oh my god! Yeah. Oh. And oh. Yep. I just saw some back paste just to. Hobby progress. I actually painted the Troll Slayer slash White Dwarf too. Oh, nice! Oh, nice! Beautiful. The repackaged Grum Brindle. Yeah. Sweet. Sorry, Lord, no. go ahead. Uh, shut up and take my money. Oh, there's so many things. Um, the one thing that I'm going to say that I did pick up is Wave Nine for X-wing. So I just grabbed a single ship out of all of the ships, and uh, yeah, we'll be talking about that later. So I'm really liking that Asterix wing. The asked this one. Yeah, I'm not sure what that means. The asterisk wing. <laughs> I'm not, oh, the, it looks like an asterisk. The Arc One Seventy. Yeah. 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 yeah I so. think it looks really fucking cool, actually. Yeah. I'm. I'm oh, you're not being, being a little cheeky this? here, but it actually looks really cool. Yeah. But it, is, it also it, but it looks like an asterisk. But that's also how they design all their ships. They take a letter of the alphabet and make it a plane. Because an asterisk is a letter of the alphabet. Well, it's a. It's not a keyboard. It's a character. <laughs> it is a character. Oh, that asterisk <sighs> wing. All right. <laughs> They're going to come out with an Oblix wing later on. Oh, <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> Mike? Oh, uh, well, this was the reason I punched in uh, my hobby time is because of painting a dwarf. I want to buy some dwarfs now. <laughs> Are there some fire slayers? Or? So I want to buy some fire slayers, yeah. Cool. Nice. So, I have, shut up and take my money this week for me, was uh, the texture paint which they then announced new texture paints that are bigger and effectively cheaper than the two that I bought. <laughs> so <laughs> Well played, awesome. sir. Well played. But is it going to be a different mix? I'm going to be picking up the Martian Iron Crust uh, instead of the Iron Earth. I, th- I still think the right play is going to be still is actually using both on the base because if they color match perfectly... I, I, think it, I don't think you're entirely right, so I've been doing a lot of that stuff with my Mechanicum. Um, I think it depends on the size of the model. Well, and that's true. Yeah. I think if you have a single 28 mil figure, you're probably not going to go with the iron crust because if you only get one little tiny area that cracks and you have one giant piece, it's not going to work. So I think if you're talking like a 40 mil base, yeah, mix it up. You're talking a night base, mm, sure, maybe a little bit, but it it doesn't. We'll see also how it goes because some of the crackle paints don't work that well. I've had a little bit of trouble with them. They're inconsistent sometimes, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, the golden stuff is actually just better. But doesn't come pre-painted and it takes way longer to dry like the GW stuff crackles up in about 10 minutes it's fully good to go in a half an hour without yep. batting an eye yeah, yeah whereas waiting like 24 to 48 hours is kind of a pain in the ass yeah so I'm interested to see how it goes I'm probably going to pick up the iron crust for finishing up my night bases um, but I think you're right with my caveat <laughs> yeah and I think it's going to depend on what you're looking for right like it's at the end of the day and I think we're going to be talking about this a little bit more once we get our hands on them it's just adding more tools to your arsenal. Yep. And more easy tools to your arsenal. Yep. So, And I have to admit, GW's basing thing? product line, like you were talking about with the Shattered Realm stuff, or mm-hmm. the GW 40K bases, mixed with their texture paints, 
Uh, like some of the stuff they did up for the uh, guide. I don't know if you guys saw. They have a PDF guide on how to use their paints online. Yep. Um, actually look really good. And the other one that I really want to try, because it looks surprisingly good, was the Valhalla and Snow. Yeah. Snow yeah. was hard to get done right. And the only time I've ever seen it look good is a shattered glass. And that's not fun. Crushed crush glass, you mean? Yeah, crushed glass. Shattered glass would just kind of yeah, look really bad. Shards. Can I pick up your miniature? Broken beer bottle on the base. Um, no, the the crushed glass. You're totally right. Um, I feel like that would be like Trailer Park Boys basing. Yes. <laughs> just <laughs> smash whiskey glass. Um no, it, I think that's going to be an interesting one because if that looks as good as they have it on their PDF um, and you don't have to inhale crushed glass, yeah. that's a win. Yeah, I only saw one quick, like, small image of it and I was like, holy shit, that looks better than it has any right mm-hmm. to as, like, a prepackaged, ready-to-go product that won't kill you. I thought it was just going to be a typical textured white paint, but it actually has some translucency to it, so that's yeah. really cool. So and you don't have to worry about messing around with PVA glue with the powder and figuring all that out. Well, it's they, just, yeah, Secret Weapon has a setting agent that they use that seems to work the best, but I, I, I hear you. Like, you have all sorts of weird mixes and people have their recipes with baking soda and crushed glass or whatever. Like, if this is just comes out of the pot and works, that's awesome. And this is where I think Games Workshop, as much as I will diss on them for a lot of things, their user-friendly hobby products right now have been real good. Well, their paint range has always been user-friendly. That's the thing that's nice about GW stuff. Mm-hmm. Out of all the paints, it airbrushes decent. Like, it's not terrible to mix down and spray through an airbrush. And they have the air range now, too. Which Pre-mixed, is better. I which actually I really still like. wish was in stores. Yeah, because I actually use that as just... I've stopped buying regular GW paints and just use the air strictly because I like painting with them more unless I need to actually base coat something. Then I'll go and buy a base. Otherwise, their airs are better. But they're also really durable. That's something that people don't really talk about. The Citadel paints are nice. They're user-friendly, and they don't wear off. They don't chip. It's good. Especially so. now that almost everything we work on is plastic. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That's probably part of it too. But um, yeah, no, you're right. They're they're really looking to make things easier for the consumer, and that's awesome. It's only a good thing. Cool. So let's jump into the first period here. Speaking of GW paint. Oh yeah. Speaking right. of GW useful things. Oh Jesus. Let's segue right in. That was perfect. Right. Yeah. <laughs> See, it's almost like we think about this thing every once in a while. Exactly. Or, or, we, or we get lucky. Yeah. We really don't. That was actually entirely lucky. I was really hoping it was the other period three because I want to talk about that really bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, t- quick tangent because I love this. I was looking for Alf t-shirts the other day. God damn it. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking crazy. You're going to like this, Steve. Okay. There's one where he's got the like Daft Punk helmet on and it says I'm up all night to get lucky and the name of the cat in the household was lucky and it's it's just so good Jeez. I that's kind of funny but you had to walk me to the punchline <laughs> <laughs> of course I did uh, okay so because we're really good at podcasting and I think to review a spray we really have to get the proper experience for it so what we're going to do right now is take a quick break and go and spray this so we can actually review what it smells like. Yep. Yeah, we're going to take an Odyssey into Radio Land and test this out. Breathe okay. deep, folks. Breathe deep. Hopefully, you can smell it. We're actually trying on a brand new. Um, oh, I guess the good thing, too, is you can hear how it sprays. If its nozzle's clogged, you'll, you can hear it. So, we're shaking her up right now. You can hear this. 
We're gonna be taking a step to the side room so we don't completely gas ourselves out with this stuff. Or cover Dan's laptop. Well, it's actually by the furnace, so it will spread through the entire house much better. Fair enough. But this is called smell casting, and I hope you guys enjoy this new technological development that we have for you. Did you break it? Oh, it's over here. The nozzle fell off. <laughs> right. I'm slowly pushed down. I think Tom just wants to huff a little. It's okay. It smells like a cow's black. It's, it smells like the, yeah. It smells like a cow's black. This is like traditional smell. This is really nice. Come in and get a walk uh, with you guys. Work, come in. I've... <laughs> okay. I'm not... I'm not mining this. It's got, it's got a good body to it. It's got a nice oaky aftertaste. So Tom okay, comes so back with right brown around his lips. Right now we're spraying an MDF uh, <laughs> piece of terrain. <laughs> <laughs> We can have some, hopefully they got, okay, so now, how is the coverage <laughs> over the dark and, like, light MDF? Well, it's actually really consistent. Um, so, for those of you at home, take a look right now. Um, it actually is covering really, really, really well. A quick light spray, especially because a lot of the MDF scenery you get, um, the details are burnt in, so it's dark. It's not covering right into the details, so, like, right away, you could just dry brush that and call it done. Like a light. If you wanted a lot of brown scenery, that is spraying it brown is a good way to go, apparently. Yeah. Like, this is brown town. This is amazing. I do have a lighter color if you want to try that. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> what we're going to do. Can you take that on? I can take that out. Okay. So I'm just going to try out lighter dusting if I can get away with Xandry dust. What the fuck is Xandry? Uh, it was Two Kings stuff, wasn't it? Kings. Yeah. That was short lived. I'm pretty sure it was Two Kings. What's that brown it used to be that. Uh, vomitous, vomit brown, or was it something? Uh, what was it called? Leprous. Leprous brown. I think it was mm, leprous brown. Bubonic. Bubonic. That's it. Bubonic. That that's was what it was. That's yeah. what it was. Leprous. Leprous was more golden yellow. I was gonna say yeah, like almost more fleshy colored. Okay, okay, so more leprous. My look at that, boys. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's. Uh, I can turn it better on this side. That, yeah, and they can tell the difference right away. Right, like <laughs> with yep. a couple spray cans, you do that. A quick like. Bone dry brush. Just give it a quick bone and just a quick uh, Ken. Uh, <laughs> Kenneth Bone. Uh, oh, Kenneth, I love you. <laughs> but no, this is this is a really good product. Okay, but in all seriousness, what did you honestly expect from uh, GW spray paints? Like, here's here's an interesting question. Do you think that it was going to be good or terrible? Well, I'm a little bit. I was a little weary because the the secret weapon ones are so not secret weapon army painter ones yeah, are, are so, so shitty. Yeah. Yes. They are sh like yeah. ridiculously shitty. And when GW for a while switched to a different non-amazing chaos black, it was yeah. pretty shitty. Smell well, smelled horrible. But took does that look airbrushed? Yeah, pretty good. Uh, just if you remember the old GW spray paints that were colored, like way back, they had uh, Blood Angels. The red. like 1999 ones. That was yep. They were pink. And they went on super thick, and they were terrible spray paints. And they did not match the colors from the range. No, it didn't match at all. The, the Blood Angels one was literally pink. Like, it was a terrible color. Um, <laughs> but their Chaos Black has usually been good. I would almost say always, except for that one, like, six-month period where it was terrible. <laughs> no, it's every, like, every year and a half or two years, 
there's three or four months where it sucks. I don't know if it's quite that regular anymore. No, but I don't it was so. for a while there. The their white spray paint has always been bad. Like I've never liked it's their been, white spray it's paint. It's been touch and go. Yeah, yeah, very chalky. Yeah, usually pretty chalky. So I was kind of like, uh, I don't know how I feel about their s- colored spray paints because generally to get a good pigment uh, coating, you need pretty thick paint. Um, but yeah, you're right. This went on actually thin enough that it doesn't look like it came from a spray can, which is pretty cool. No, I'm actually, I'm surprised. I'm really impressed. How many colors do they have in this range? Uh, no, they've got more than that. They've got the red, the two different browns. Red, the Zan, the Zandri dust, the Mornfang brown, the Adeptus gray. There's a blue as well. Well, There's a green, like a deep blue and a deep green. Oh, I had no idea. Uh, do you have silver as well? I and think. then there's a lead belcher and oh, a gold. I so I think four. that they got about eight, eight paints. I'd be interested to see how they're metallic spray. That's the gold is supposedly one. pretty good, actually. Really? Yeah. So for doing your signature, it's it's like uh, retributor, I believe, is what it's like. It's mm. really close. Because in all honesty, that went on way better than I was I could have possibly expected. It looks exactly like the uh, chaos black. Uh, in terms of texture, and this and like this is just on the bare MDF as well, right? So because it, it doesn't say that it's a primer per se, mm-hmm. so texture. you'd still want to prime your models if you're spraying it on top of like the plastics and such. But well, I don't. Is it? Someone should find out if it's an etching primer because it might. It, the The plastic doesn't necessarily need to have a primer. It doesn't say the word primer anywhere on the can. Okay, which is why I'm thinking it. They, I think they use the word undercoat, but they don't use primer. Interesting. So I think you might still want to use it over a light coat of black just to get a little bit better adhesion to the model. Yeah, that's something that you also may not know. You don't have to entirely coat a model in Chaos Black primer. Like, it doesn't have just to be to solid. Dust it. Just to dust uh, it. You just got to get something for it to adhere to, so that could also work well there. I don't know. I'm actually really tempted to try the gray mm-hmm. doing kind of that pre-shading on models. I, like, think I think, you still want to I think it's a dark gray, so it's not going to be like a huge gradient. Like it's still way darker than the old Codex gray. And in all honesty, you, with with the pre shading, you probably want to go white. Uh, well, it, it or like depends. that light Tamiya gray, or is it Tamiya or some of the other companies that make like a light gray? Light gray is Tamiya. Most of no, the, but you could use this potentially instead of a black. Or like oh yeah, is it, you're saying like okay, I thought base. I thought you meant that as the highlight over black, and I was like you well, might not or, even notice it. Or like do the black, do this, and just see. And then maybe do another gray as, like, your final. Because I'm not huge sold on doing the pure up to white for it. Most of the, like, really, really high-end uh, bus painters and that kind of stuff do white. I, I know they do, yeah. but, like, as a guy that still really likes painting off of a black primer, if nothing else, just giving you a sense of where your light should be on it. Oh, okay. okay and so giving you a little bit. Like, if you were actually painting black armor, you might do this yeah. kind of thing and then maybe shade it down. Well, not just for black armor, but just for a darker color that you're painting. Sure. Because, like, when I did that, um, uh, when I did the gobber, I didn't go pure white. Yeah, fair enough. For okay. the pre-shading I was doing. Because I think if you're doing a lot of the airbrushing style pre-shading, uh, you want to do that almost up to pure white so you can really get full use of the, out of the transparency of the paints. Yep. Um, but, uh, or translucency, I guess. Yep. But when you're doing it by hand, you're using it almost kind of more as a guide and still using a slightly thinner paint than usual, but you're, you're getting that control. So having a bit of a darker gray is actually not a bad idea. And if you're doing it three tones, this way it's almost nicer to have the full dark, like the full black base, like 80% of the model with this gray, and then a, a lighter gray on top of that, so you're not getting a, a weird dusting effect. 
Because yep. a lot of the pre-shading that I see on a lot of models online, it gets really speckly. Because the gray over top of a black, if you're going right up to a lighter gray, it yeah. doesn't cover that well. So having a solid bit of a darker gray to do most of that with and then dust off with a much lighter gray. So I got a, a counterpoint to that. Uh, people painting leather really like that effect where it gets speckly because you get texture in it and it looks a little more like suede. But anyways, we, we can talk about that later. But, that's <laughs> a, but I'm, I'm seeing this on armor, not leather, yep. right? Yep, yep. And... Again, it comes back to having the choice for the product, right? Like, yep. well, for the final yep. result and doing what you want. So if you want it to be speckly, great. If you don't want it to be speckly, yep. you might have a product now that you can go into any games workshop or most local retailers and pick up. Yeah, this is nice. I do have to admit this is pretty well done. And, and it covers pretty sharp, hey? I mean, it is brown over brown. There is. So <laughs> what, we've, what we've done here with this MDF, so I would take, be... Take the gray. Try the gray. All right, I'm doing it. He's gonna try the gray, and we'll talk. Is there a black here? Up, so. No, our no, primer. You're out of black I'm primer. I'm out of black primer. Fuck. <laughs> Sorry, man. All right. So I mean, I've been I picked up a bunch of these, and I used them for the MDF buildings. So I just went straight onto the MDF. I didn't like prime them black at all or anything like that. And probably two light coats will cover everything proper. Because hmm. again, with the laser etching, you'll get like the dark uh, edges on, on some yeah, of your edges. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, two two light coats and seem to cover pretty good. So uh, I can covered probably about three buildings. So it wasn't uh, wasn't too bad at all. So. so I did it over the brown. It's kind of a little bit to see how it would cover as a not full thing. And it dries really quick too, which is it which is looks plus. good. I think this would actually be a really good gray over black to give you definition to know what you're looking for. I uh, yeah I like that I, I think it's just a chaos black spray it it smells the same it seems to spray the same it just looks like they've added pigment to it which is awesome that it still gets coverage and it goes on pretty smooth the gray over the brown didn't go quite as awesome as the brown over brown but shocking <laughs> <laughs> those of us who haven't huffed quite as much of the primer yet are less surprised. Yeah. You will not be able to see cotton. <laughs> it's a bold strategy. Let's see if it pays <laughs> off. Um, but I've liked it. The, the only, I think, negative side would be the dollar amount per can. Is it still the 18 bucks or whatever it was? These ones were like 22 23 23 But Ooh, it is a big can. And in all honesty, if you're using a lot of the higher-end colored primers from like a, a Tamiya or Vallejo or any of those kind of companies. They're not cheap either. They are normally in that kind of 16 to 18 range for a bottle that's a third the size. So the thing that I would point out here is by the time you get a GW black spray to etch and get uh, your plastic working, and then you get a can of this, maybe two to go through a whole army. I don't know if you need that, but maybe. You're getting close to the cost of an airbrush, and you can airbrush primer. No, and that's true, but I think there is <laughs> value. Expensive. I mean, you are getting what you pay for. It's nice primer. And I have been smelling it for a while now. Does I mean, still smell like I, mean, black, I do. I do have. So it's, it's a little different. It's I, got a little different hint of something to it. I do it's have an gray. airbrush. I have lots of like, airbrush paints, uh, but getting the cans to do the established base coats, at least on my buildings. Uh, oh, yeah. I find like is is super Does time it, coverage because depending coverage on the nozzles way better because yeah. yeah depending on the brush you have like if you have like um, a much larger um, nozzle like gravity feed like or siphon feed or whatever yeah especially if it's a pistol grip so you don't get like massive carpal tunnel you can spray scenery like a badass but if you just have like one of those smaller like point two needle fine detail brushes oh, yeah. that's actually pretty terrible for doing scenery in a lot of cases and also even my um, my Iwata 
automotive spray gun that I have. It's actually quite nice for an automotive spray gun. It sprays thick. That's the entire point. It's supposed yep. to spray super thick paint. So you get a nice buildup and it hides panel imperfections. And you get that a lot of uh, higher end, uh, like large coverage guns. It doesn't really give you like thin paint coverage, which is what you want in most miniatures. And yeah. like you would destroy that uh, MDF crate because it would just cover every single one of those little lines. Yeah. So that does, I think the cans are still useful my point is 23 bucks man are you kidding me yeah like a lot of the stuff that gw does the product itself is good it's good to use but the price tag may turn some people off yeah i mean i could see that being 15 bucks and it'd be like uh okay like i mean a good can of automotive sandable primer is like 8.99 that's not terrible double the price of that sure i think for me one of the big things though is as great as airbrushes are there is prep time and cleanup time associated oh, yeah. with it always. Yeah. Whereas this is like, grab the can and go. And, and this is way more fumey, which I like personally. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It'll get you high. So I think this is way more user-friendly than an airbrush. Yep. And Because just, just don't operate heavy the, machinery afterwards. I'm not debating the efficacy of the product. I actually think it's really good. I'm just, all I'm saying is 23 is steep. Yeah, I think it's kind of tough though because... With the Games Workshop hobby products, you're just automatically 15 to 20% more expensive than almost any other company in the market. Yes. Just just for having the, the Citadel label. That being said, some of these products are real good. Yep. So yep, I agree. So on the flip side, one of the, one of the talking points of this was um, what is comparable out there too, right? So this is tw- about 23 bucks a can or whatever. And then we've also tried the the Liquitex. Oh, yeah, we just glazed over that entire line of primer that you brought. Yeah, the Liquitex well, I brought, stuff. I brought over a second like line. So yeah. I gotta spray it. The the advantage the advantage. Uh, with I would say don't. But <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Seriously, do it. Try it. I'm doing it. That's not an issue. But. Do you want Do you want a lighter color as well? Well, is there another thing I can? Can I spray this over this? No, you can because I don't have the nozzle for that because it clogged. Okay, which is another thing I was just about to bring. Yeah, but I got another side of this <laughs> one I haven't painted yet. I'm gonna do it on the same one. Uh, don't actually. Oh, are these yours? Nope, because you, it won't be good after. I don't know. Why don't we give it away? It, it sprays on really thick. That particular thing. It, de- you may- it depends on how you do. Well, this one, this one was sprayed with it. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Oh fuck! That is so thick. I didn't even. I'm gonna just quick spray your your thing in there to get the smell. Spray my thing. <laughs> spray my thing. You can kind of feel it. When oh, you're it's, shaking it's, it, it, feels, it, it, is a, it feels thicker. It's not it feels meant for thicker model. in your hands. Oh, it's not meant girthy. for model painting. It's girthier. Well, There's I've, definitely some girth to this. It's, it's a water-based spray. Why don't you talk about it since you've used it? Yeah, so I used it to do up some uh, ITC crates, um, and it is thick. Like, it is industrial paint in a lot of ways. Oh, it, shit. it feels like... Uh, <laughs> I can't talk over these guys. They're... <laughs> Ridiculous! I don't like this. It's terrible. I hate it. It's it's the worst. I like I shook it for about the same time I did the G Dub one. Oh, shake it for about ten minutes, and it might start to spray. And it like sprayed out kind of weird and goopy and Spitty. soupy, and it spits a lot. Yeah. So the if you look at the crates that I did, there's like chunks of paint on it that because uh, what would happen is it would literally spit probably three to four mil droplets out of it. Yeah, I would never use this product. Eventually the nozzle just ended up completely clogging, and it was just game over, like, uh, while I was spraying it. And how much is this stuff? It's not cheap. It's like... 14. Yeah, 14 bucks. 14. No. It's shit. 
What's it supposed to be for? It's, Is it supposed to be for? No, it's not a miniature paint at all. We, I bought it to paint scenery. I would never spray a model with that because, good God, that would be stupid. Um, but yeah, as far as scenery paint goes, like I mean, I guess if you're trying to smooth out, yeah, some is, is sand, this from this? Yes, yes, and it is so hard wearing and durable. Like I mean, that is the upside to it. Like it's never gonna scratch or chip. Um, but that's not really what you want all the time. That's maybe what your varnish should do, not your base. No, this is garbage. For those of you at home looking for the microphone, um, <laughs> it goes on in droplets. Even like Ward shaking it for the last forty five seconds, which is fun to watch, by the way. Um, Shaking it I've got skills Uh, No but the thing It goes on in droplets And the only way To make it look Not terrible Is to do light coats Of droplets Till you cover All the droplets And other droplets Like you have to do Super light coats Of spitting on it Basically Before it will And I love Super light coats Of spitting on it Don't get me wrong But but it's uh, You don't get coverage Unless you do that And if you try And do it in one uh, Fell swoop You cover all the detail And destroy it Yeah The, The green one here That I did spray That was probably Two coats per side so four coats. It, it does dry relatively fast, not as fast as the GW paints. Mm-hmm. It is cheaper, and it has a bigger like line of colors, which is yes. advantageous. But um, I don't think it's worth the money. I think the So if we're going to go on to different brands, um, I would go with the primer that you use, Dan. The sandable duplicolor primer that's an automotive primer. Yeah. Very specifically sandable. That's the big thing to remember. There's only a couple colors in it. Like I think they have like a gray, like a rust red and they might have a black and a white, but I don't even know if they have those four colors. They have rust red. They don't have a black and a white. I, I yeah. know this for a fact. The two that I own... They have a gray and a red. The two that I own are the gray and the red, and the gray actually has the occasional silver-looking fleck in it, yeah. which if you're spraying like airbrush or other base coat over top of it, it's not a big deal, but if you're going to leave a majority of that texture showing, it's going to look like it has little tiny occasional specks of silver in it. And, it's very and I don't know why. Because <laughs> no one gives a shit. It's a primer. Yeah. Uh, so it's not meant to be a color coat. Um, but the, the reason that you want the sandable stuff is it sprays in the same texture as the DW primer. Like, it doesn't spray a smooth, heavy coat. It sprays that kind of quick flashing, really quick drying um, paint so it doesn't obscure detail. Yeah. Uh, and it's in, in the automotive world, it's meant to have a little more texture to it so that when you block it down, you can see your highs and your low spots. So it, it, it actually has a purpose. It's not a, a primer coat. It's literally supposed to be for sanding and figuring out what needs to come up or down on the car. So that's why it's like that, which is why I'm wondering that if the GW paint, because they also smell kind of similar. Like the sandable primer has that same sort of like, I don't know, not oily smell to it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I really don't know how to describe it. I don't have the vocabulary for this. Magical. It smells like Chaos Black Primer, that sandable stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's got to have the same sort of like emulsifiers or solvents or something in it. Um, but it, it seems to be the only thing that's close. And it is super cheap, but only two colors. How um, much is a can of that? I think it's about nine bucks, Canadian okay. Tire. Yeah, I think it was, it might have even been less than that. Like they're easily half the cost of GW, if not less. Yeah. So my point here would be if you're doing red paint, like rusty red Armies. Like if you're painting like word bearers or something, you're you golden. Can, you can maybe get no, away with that. Not literally, but oh no, the the gray. If you're painting word bearers with the well, gray. Well, word bearers could go either way with the red or the gray. That's a good point. Right? I didn't even think of it that way, but yeah, no. If you uh, if you want to do a gray or red, probably go with the duplicolor stuff. If you really want to go cheap, otherwise, I don't think you can really beat the GW stuff. But twenty three bucks. You're gonna be. You're gonna pay for it. More. Yeah, I think much like anything else. Especially if you're going to be doing something on an army scale, 
because it covers so well, you're probably going to get better use out of these products than you would out of a worse one. Yep. So you're by the time you're done, you're probably going to be spending about the same amount of money. Yeah, if you're going to if you can get away with two coats instead of three or four, then you're going to get some of that savings back. I also think it matters what you're painting too. Like if you're painting scenery, go ahead try some automotive paints. Yes. Uh, try something cheaper. Try something scenery. cheaper if it doesn't have a lot of detail. Uh scenery wise uh go for it if you're painting a model from gw that probably already cost you 70 dollars or something silly <laughs> spend the 23 bucks on the can and just use something good yeah and I, I gotta say it feels like a full can too like it's not like you're you're, you're not gonna be <laughs> you're not getting the dorito bag uh, yeah <laughs> yeah exactly so you're gonna get a lot of use out of it uh let's jump into into a rating here because i think we've Definitely uh, kick the can around a little bit long on this one. So. Then sniff oh, the, the can, can or shaking the can or sniffing the can. Sniffing the can. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Okay, so uh, Steve, what's your rating? I'm gonna give it a four, just cost. Otherwise, I like it. Mike, uh, four as well. The cost is the only thing that keeps it from five. I'm gonna go with a four as well. Um, but there's two parts. There's the cost, of course. Okay. Um, and then color selection. Typically, it's a lot of darker colors, not uh, any bright pigments. So if they expand the range a little bit more, then I could see maybe a little bit more bang for your buck, too. So Yeah, they're really looking at the undercoat yeah. thing. They're not yeah. going highlights. For sure. So still four. Yep. It's a good point. Uh, fine, I'll give it a four. Because <laughs> you guys make good points. There's a lot of selling features. They do have a lot more colors than many comparable ranges, which is great. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a couple of brighter colors would really round out the collection nicely. Maybe we'll get them in the future. A yellow. A yellow would be good. I mean, the closest is that... A bright silver or something like that, right? Like, if you had just, like, a natural highlight color for some of the existing ones, that would be fantastic. Honestly, if that's how they did it, kind of how they have their regular paint range with that, like, base, mid-tone, highlight kind of notion, if they had two tones of every color, so two blues, two greens, two reds... That's a good point. I don't know if I would have bought an airbrush so soon if you could just be like, oh, I'll just buy my two GW paints and spray the base and then the Xenothal and done. Like, how, how badass would that be? Because it covers, I gotta say, it was admittedly on scenery, and you don't have the same control, but for a Xenithal, like, you almost don't mind a wider spray for a Xenithal. No, it's not a bad thing, especially if you have your guys lined up on tape or something like that on a box where you can rotate them or whatever. Yeah. Uh, get the same direction for all of them. I gotta give it a four for, I hate to, this... Unanimous! This is weird, it never really happens, but it's hard to argue outside of that range. It's an amazing product that I wish there was more of, and I wish it cost, honestly, $19. Five bucks cheaper. 18 19 bucks. Yeah, I would have given it a five if it was... If it, it was, was sub-20, I would have given it a five. Easy. Yep, I agree. But it's at the point you buy four cans for your army after GST, you're looking at $100 worth of spray paint. Yep. <laughs> Luckily, it you smells sure delicious. Are. That's fucking insane. What? I've got a lot of buildings, Mike. Don't laugh. No, Jesus, I can laugh man. at you, Ward. Trust me, I can laugh at you. It's okay. But at the same time, like, I think it is $100 well spent. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're in a specific situation, Ward, where you have a lot of tournament scenery to paint that you want to be different colors. <laughs> the average person isn't going to go out and buy those colors because that that's that pretty many. weird. <laughs> or, or How many, many did you buy, Ward? Uh, cans? Yeah. Uh, I bought... If you spent 100 bucks, it would have been about four, right? Yeah, oh yeah. But I it was bought, you bought more than I four. Bought, I bought probably seven total. <laughs> $200 in paint, give or take. 
175 bucks. Listen, paint. I saved money on, on the airbrush paints that I picked up from Roy's when he was selling them for a dollar each. So I got my highlight colors, not a problem. <laughs> 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 All right. Fair enough. Uh, honestly, I don't think I could recommend these enough. All right. be, Super be sh- handy. And be sure to paint in a poorly ventilated area. Yes. And breathe deep, people. <laughs> the oh, Actually, pro tip for using spray bombs, breathe really, really, really deep. Yes. And you're going to get max. And at that point, your dollar to enjoyment pr- ratio <laughs> goes, goes don't high as fuck. <laughs> Inhale deeply. <laughs> Good. Good. We don't come with a safety warning on this podcast. Oh, I think we, we should. Have a, I think um, we have explicit language warning. We, yeah, we, but not a... People know what they're getting in for. But not like a NIOSH warning. Okay. Pro tip, if you've got paint on your nose, you're going too deep. <laughs> I, lo- I love it that Mike just said too deep. <laughs> so, um, as an asterisk on this uh, podcast here... Uh, don't actually take our pro tips seriously. No, he's don't not. take our pro tips seriously. But oh. I'm trying to segue really, really Back roughly. To your stupid asterisk swing comment. Yeah. Yes, into. You're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you I never idiot. promised that I would say things that weren't stupid. True. Oh, uh, can you send me the big ship? I want to see it. Okay, I uh, picked up Wave Nine uh, for X Wing. This Which, the Reliant? That is the Shadowcaster, also known as the Reliant from Deep Space Nine. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is the Reliant. If the Reliant and uh, Serenity fucked, that would be, that would be the ship that yes. comes out. Yes, yeah. yeah. I, I can't even argue. I, I can't unsee that. <laughs> is it a leaf through the wormhole? I think uh, it is. Uh, <laughs> that, that, one, that is so perfect. That one is like the... <laughs> The um, how old is this ship? The Shadowcaster. The Shadowcaster. Where is the box? Um, from the it is from. It is one of the characters from Star Wars Rebels. It is their ship from yeah. their former like bounty hunter days. Yeah, it's the cartoon. So it is like prequel era. And Asajj Ventress drives it. True. I want it. I uh, actually operates it. I don't so want this. it's one of the four ships that came out. Is it it's, good? It's a large ship. Uh, it's got the two different arcs, the front and auxiliary arc. Well, it has a rotating fire arc. So it has, like, the four quadrants, and if you take the special one with the upgrades and all the other bullshit, when you move fast enough, you get to rotate your firing arc for free. Otherwise, it takes an action to rotate your firing arc. So it's like a manual turret sort of a thing. It's just a different mechanic. Gotcha. Some, gotcha. Something that's... Uh, it's not as easy mode as a full turret. Yeah, it's gyroscopic targeting. Uh, you can rotate your mobile firing arc if you went three, four, or five speed maneuvers sort of thing. Uh, it's a unique uh, ship. Uh, not a huge fan of the design. Well, other than it looks like... The analogy is fantastic. Yeah. I actually... I saw that online. Dude, I kind of like it. Yeah. I really like it. They're coming out with a lot of larger ships from Star Wars Rebels, though, right? So that's. I also really like the Reliant, so that might be it. And the paint job on it is solid. Oh, do you mean Defiant? As a side note, Defiant. Sorry, yeah. thank you. What's the Reliant? The Reliant, I think, is the one from Wrath of Khan. Yeah, it is. Oh, the yeah. Miranda? I totally mean the Defiant. The, the Miranda. Yeah, I thought yeah. there was Miranda. No, it's class. Miranda class. Yes, but the, the name of the ship is Reliant. Reliant. Gotcha. Sorry, that's Defiant a Reliant. Reliant. That's a that's a fair nerd one. card revoked. <laughs> but yeah, Deep Space Nine. I knew it was the Miranda <laughs> class. <laughs> The tiny little ship that is awesome. So what you're telling me is they've gone deep into the lore to find this ship. Oh yeah, they were fishing in Wave Nine. In Wave Nine. <laughs> in space. <laughs> there we go. Um, whoop, so, whoop. so yeah, that was one of the ships. It's not my favorite ship that came out in the uh, the range. Um, 
Looks Tom, cool, though. Tom does, job. like, uh, the Asterix ship, or it's also known better as the Oh, R- shit, that was way cooler from the front. <laughs> Sorry, what was it called? I didn't the, hear it over Tom's yelling. the ARC-170. Okay. So it's one of the prequel-era, um, like, heavy fighters with a tail gunner. Oh, really? Uh, it, it, it somehow manages to fit on a small base, even though it really doesn't. And turbines somehow work in space. Yep. So is it sort of fill like a mosquito-type role where it's kind of a fighter? It is a very really? heavy fighter, and it does have the auxiliary fire arc, like a, similar to a fire spray. Is it fast? I think it's reasonably fast, but in X-Wing, a lot of the bigger ships are fast, just to represent the fact that, like... They're bigger? Yeah, they're bigger, so they if, if they're... I don't know. I know what you're trying to no say. No speed five yeah. maneuvers, and speed four stresses it out, so... But it has two banks that are green, right? Uh, the ones and twos are are banks that are green, yes. So it's, that kind of follows in the heavy, uh, so heavy fighter-type role. So like, it actually ends up being very similar speed to an X-Wing. Like, it can still do the fours for its top speed. It has a few more reds, but it has, also has a few more greens. Yeah, like the World War II, Mosquito was super fast and maneuverable for a big heavy fighter. So it kind of makes sense. I could, really like could this. Could be something like that. You see it uh, heavily in, I think, Episode 3, uh, when they're attacking... Uh, the ships of um, General Grievous. That's the with. one. That's are, the one. Are any of these scum ships? Uh, yes. Shadowcaster is. Shadowcaster is, Ooh. and then the uh, the Serenity Defiant Baby to next is also a scum ship. Um, so yeah, I mean, like it's a it's a heavy sh- heavy uh, starfighter, the Protectorate Starfighter. Um, oh, sorry, that's not the one. The Arc One Seventy. You'll. See it uh, from the Rebels, like I said, like in the movies. Uh, it's got four named characters that you can No generic with. versions, actually. Only the named characters. No, really? it's They used it to represent the fact that, like... Because they don't want to do prequel ships in numbers in the game. And so they're saying, basically, there's very, very few of these left. Only a few of the specific characters that are noted for flying them. Oh, that's fun. So it's kind of neat, a little different. So you're not going to... So it's not necessarily one of the ships where you need to go out and buy five. Because there's only four pilots. Do they? Do they actually... Put this in with the current year of fluff. Like, are they um, are they trying to not go into Star Trek territory where the timeline just doesn't make any sense? Like, have well, they added new characters? They're they're Fantasy Flight is adding a lot of the characters from the like um, Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels, like the cartoons. But, but for what they but they that, don't want to go into explicitly Episode One, Two, and Three. Like they've said, they don't want to do like the Naboo Starfighters. They don't want to do the Droid Federation. Like, they don't want to do the Jedi Starfighters, like Rebels the Actus and stuff. Rebels was between 1, stuff. 2, and 3, and 4, right? I think it's... In the middle. I think it's I just pre-episode 4. Okay, so... Rebels, yes. Eh, sure. Alright, but you can fly that against a B-Wing, and it's totally cool. Yeah. It seems a little weird to me, I don't know. And to be totally In honest, In Star Wars though, Rebels, they actually had prototype B-Wings. The, the cartoons are fucking with the timeline a little bit. Okay. And it is canonical, right. so, like, the prototype A-Wing and B-Wing in the cartoon actually, like, predate Battle of Yav- Yavin, which is, like, a new thing. They previously yeah. came out after. And the other thing, too, here is that we're looking at a difference of, what, like, 40 years between 1, 2, and 3, and 4, 5, and 6? Like, it is only one generation. It, ju- it jumps about 30 years yeah. between the... Yeah, it's not like from the very beginning of one to the very end of six. Star Trek was exceptionally bad. I'll give you that. That's not. I'm not trying to defend that, but it's just. It seems a little bit. They're working hard to not. That that one's also. I think is it not almost a precursor to the Z95s? It may have a similar manufacturer or something. Um, It might be what Incom Corporation. I don't know the fluff for it particularly well. (laughs) 
but it might be an Incom Corporation design because it has the split S foil thing going on. Yeah. It can it can flap its way. It's it's not very <laughs> agile. It doesn't have like a ton of like firepower. It's got lots of hull and shields though. Lots of hull and shields, and I mean there's there's enough upgrades that you can make it like packed a little bit better of a puck for sure. Paint so. job on this is also really nice actually. Okay, so just so we're not like dwelling too long in this, why don't we talk about this Tie Fighter that. Looks like a TIE fighter. So it has a stripe. It's a new uh, Special yeah. Forces TIE, so it's got the red stripe painted on it uh, compared to the other... So it's the Jamaican first beer order. version of a TIE fighter? Correct. That's good beer. It's very passable Tasty. beer. Tasty. Easy drinking. It's, it's got little stubs for an antenna as well. <laughs> Although I gotta say, out of all the ties I've seen, in, this wave for me is one of the better paints that I've seen in a long time because yeah. it's a pretty basic tie, but it's... It has a tiny little turret and an antenna. It's totally different. No, but I gotta say, sometimes you, <laughs> some waves have a bit of a rougher paint job. Oh, the original and, Y-Wings were horrible. But, like, these ones, it's all quite smooth. I'm kind of impressed. I really like the chipping on the wings on this one. Like, the, they're, they're... Fantasy Flight does a good job for the pre-painting, Hold on. for sure, so... And it seems like it's getting better every wave. Yeah, I think the, the Shadowcaster and the Arc 170 are probably the better of the four for this particular range, but the TIE Fighter's not bad. With Compared the, to the stripe, other TIE fighters? With the stripe and the extra little geary things on the wings, like you will be able to recognize these from a bit more of a distance. I'd like to think that there's a child in a Chinese factory somewhere that's listening to our podcast. He's just so proud of himself. Really working on his ink <laughs> washes here. I'm sure he's doing some sort of like... Well, they're just watering it down in two coating. They used to just one coat. And I, bet you, I bet you it's an oil wash. It's an oil wash and a rag for sure. Yeah. But just not, not even the not even for the watch. He's doing a great job with that red. But the base coat itself on this red is really smooth. Yep, I saw that. It's actually nice. So. And it's not um, actually some of the models in the past that have had, like if they had, uh, what's the example of it? Some of the red Tie Fighters, like the um, red Interceptor and the red yep. Defender. If they had the gray over top of reds, for example, it would come out pink a lot of the time yep. if they didn't have great coverage. These current ones actually seem to have a little better coverage without going on thick. So yeah. Again, they're works. they're solid looking models. Oh, there's sure. another one. Works out good. I another uh, tiny I mean, ship. And it's it's the only Imperial ship that came out um, in this wave. Um, I'm actually going to be picking up a second blister pack of this one. I do think it comes uh, with some interesting cards for sure. I'm not super thrilled about the ship itself. Like I think it'll be good. It's a tie, but it's a tie that can shoot backwards, and also it can shoot backwards and forwards at the same time. Well, like it can shoot simultaneously. Oh, that's thing. fun. It's it's not as... So you can get two um, shitty attacks instead of one good attack, which in some cases is better. Yeah, it's not as agile as your normal TIE Fighters. More like an X-Wing in its stats. Um, Points-wise, is it that much more expensive? Um, well, they now have shields, right? So they've gone up in points a little bit. This this one has three shields, three hull. Really? Whoa. Yeah. So, so it's got to be in that like, 25, 30 points? So 29 for the characters. The idea for this one, this is the one that the generics are about 25, time? 23. Oh, sorry, the, the Special Forces time? Yeah. Yeah. See, I thought you meant the one you were holding. No, no, no I know that's okay. clearly not, <laughs> the, uh, not stupid. Yeah, I thought you were getting high off paint fumes for a second uh, there. No, the, spe uh, the special ops no, training card tall. is actually pretty good for that one. Yes, which is a mandatory upgrade, basically. It's, it's, a, it's a zero point upgrade, just it's something they didn't have room to print on the main card. But it's there. So uh, you can put it on uh, any ship uh, with the TIE Fighter only. It's a title. It's not a unique card, so you can put Sorry, this on it all is, of your ones. It is for the TIE uh, Special Forces Special only. Forces only, yes. So you can't start shooting out of your butt with regular TIE Fighters. That's not okay. <laughs> okay, so if this is the one that Poe fled on, can you take it with Poe as the pilot in a... No. That would have been cool. In a fun match just between you and your buddies. If maybe? it was like if it was like four Imperial pilots and then one Poe version in the set, that would have been interesting, but but they already have Sabine stole a TIE Fighter coming out in the next wave, so they 
can't just steal TIE Fighters all over the place. Okay, what are you saying about the card? Um, <laughs> I didn't hear what I actually did. So this this one is uh, if you uh, make an attack from your primary from the primary firing arc, which is the front, you can roll one additional uh, additional t- attack dice. So it can bump it up to an X wing with three attack dice in the front. Mm. If you do not, you can perform an extra additional attack from your auxiliary firing arc. So you can shoot twice out of the back. Yeah, so you can get two two dice attacks or one three dice attack. That's not bad. And anybody in range one of either, you get the plus one dice. But uh, it's a primary. Tom one. had a good question. What was the points on it? Uh, the named characters are twenty seven, twenty nine. Your base you are twenty three, twenty five. Oh, so it's Whoa. more expensive than an X wing. Oh, a little, uh, bit. a little bit. Two points more. That's still not bad though. Fit four and a list. And especially upgrades. with that upgrade, it's a zero point upgrade, so that doesn't affect your ship at all. And you can take things and like it has a crew slot, I believe, right? Uh, do they all have a crew slot? Uh, no, they do not have a crew slot. Oh, I thought they did have a crew slot. Nope. Never mind. No, pay no attention. Ignore okay. me. That right, it's the ARC-170 that has a crew slot. Tell me about this other tiny little ship. That other one... That is the Protectorate Starfighter. That is another scum ship that uh, has so come out. Mandalorian so. fighter. So Tom's going to want to buy one of those, probably. I'm just going to play with the ones that you buy. That's true. We have enough between me and Dan. So <laughs> I made why up for that ever, one already. Why would I ever... You have for that one? Yeah. Oh, that's why you spend so much at me. That's Park. that's why that's why the order costs $250. Uh, Mandalorian. No, Mandalorians are awesome. awesome. So it's basically the, you know, Boba Fett people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Boba Fett people. And those are like... These are an interesting ship in that they're, they're very basic and just... Super hyper aggressive, like they get. Um, if you take all the upgrades for them, like the the fearlessness, um, elite pilot talent, and the what was it the Concord Dawn Protector title or something like that? Correct. So they start getting all these bonuses when they're in range one of the guy they're attacking, and that ship has arc on them at range one as well. So when they're just going like full on like head on suicide mode, they get bonus like bonus attack dice. They get automatic free evades. That type of stuff. Like, they are a hyper-aggressive, straightforward ship with no shields, not a lot of hull, but, like, high firepower, high agility. And pretty cheap. Uh, low 20s for their basic uh, ones. Their basic I think the base one's 20, actually. Uh, yeah. Is pilots get 120 points. So. so, like, two of these in a fire spray? You could definitely do that. Or some of the people are really liking the aces for them as well because they have a skill 9 pilot, which is always a big deal. Uh, really Fen Rao. Yeah, and they've, they've got some really unique abilities to too. No, that's the name of the character. <laughs> and Rao, Rao, Hawaw and Lawow, Hawaw and Lawow. Is it weird that I went to Mumra when you guys started making those weird noises? <laughs> We're talking about Charlie. It's always sunny. Everybody's favorite illiterate uh, janitor. I know, like, and I get that you're going to Always Sunny, but why can't we just bring it to Thundercats at least once? No, Sunny Thunder Thunder. Thunder can. Ho ho ho! No, it's always sunny. <laughs> I'm picking up what you're putting. Slightly derailed the conversation. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, like it's it's an aggressive tie essentially. It's got no and yet sh- not a tie aggressor because that is a ship. Don't that do it. that was different. That. So oh, he ate it. Um, but yeah, three attacks, three evade, and then like Dan said, like once uh, once you start getting close to the enemy and going like head to head, yeah, it boosts quite a bit. Um, so, I mean, if you're lucky with your dodge rolls, and you can uh, last a little while. So, And that's the thing about Fen Rao as well, is when he's attacking or defending, if the enemy ship is at range one, you may roll one additional die. So he starts just rolling all the free dice at range one. Nice. So hmm. he is just this hyper-aggressive, head-on, 
hope for good luck. Like just very different play style from like a lot of the like very fragile, very cagey guys that want to not get shot back. Whereas he just gets better. The these guys get better when they're just going full on balls to the wall suicide mode. High risk, high reward kind of ships, which which, so which goes with the man. Just a completely different play style. And they talk about it in the fluff too. The ship is actually like designed to have like a minimum forward profile. So like it's supposed mm. to be like when it's going fully head on, there's very very little to shoot at, which is like but from the top it's like huge and spread out and everything. It's just it's optimized for head on attacks. And then is it not supposed to rotate around like the cockpit assembly? I don't recall that specifically. I've seen some uh, some people that have done like the modifications where they've actually taken the wings and cut them, and so they can okay. like modify like them. Like style. Them. Yeah, where it rotates around the cockpit, the center. Uh, That'd be cool. Such, mm. So, so I'm not sure. I haven't seen one actually like fly around. So. Yeah, I haven't really? seen any of the source material cartoons or anything that these may have been shown in. But I thought these were real ships. <laughs> this this is in the... Uh, <laughs> these <laughs> exist in nature? Maybe not in nature. Way glue work. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. but uh, So those are the four ships uh, for Wave 9. So it sounds to me like these are all pretty reasonable additions to your fleets that you have already. I don't think I'm going to be picking... Well, I mean, like I don't need another of the large ships, so I'm only going to go with one of the... I was going to say, didn't you buy them all? Serenity Firefly. <laughs> Uh, or sorry, Serenity Defiant. Um, and then I'm not going to probably pick up any more of the Arc 170s, just because, again, they're all named characters. Mm. And I like playing with some of the generics compared to other stuff. So, But I probably will buy, like I said, like a second Special Forces tie and probably a second uh, uh, Starfighter as well. So... Yeah, I, whereas I got one Shadowcaster, two each of the TIE Fighter and the ARC-170, and four of the um, Protectorate Fighter thingy. Yeah, and no one here is surprised that you went full bore into the Mandalorians. Yep. Well, they're cheap enough that you can actually fit four of them in an army, so I had to buy four. There you go. <laughs> yep, and again, this is why I'll never spend a dime on X-Wing. Are you yeah, don't are need you, it. Are you when pl- are you going to ever run scum? four? Sorry? Are you going to be playing Scum and Onslaught? Oh, I have no idea. Oh, I haven't okay. put any thought into those things. I just <laughs> buy shit. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, if you guys were to write the wave, what would you do? I know very little about it, so I'm going to go just strictly on paint jobs and how awesome the ship looks. I'm going <laughs> to give it a solid four. Only reason that I'm not going to go five is because... I understand what they're doing with the TIE Fighter. Eh. Eh, I kind of I think it's a little chintzy, the Elite upgrades. Like, it's cool to make uh, the cards and do all that sort of stuff. It's not my favorite. It's a four. Maybe a four and a half. But I have no idea about the rules, so don't listen to me. <laughs> Dom. Uh, I'm with you on this one. It's like, it's a four. The ships look cool. It sounds like you can use them. But <laughs> like, listen to us for your gaming advice. Uh, I have sense. never once tried to pretend that I know anything about how to actually play this game or mm-hmm. what's useful in it. But like you said, the ships look cool. The paint jobs are nice, and from listening to these two guys that actually play this game more than once a year, <laughs> it sounds like it's they're usable ships, right? So I think it's pretty solid for. See, if you look at my uh, Star Wars collection, I buy the ships that suck. So, or in a different <laughs> language. In a different language, I did buy one in uh, in Italy. Mm-hmm. So I have a single Tie Fighter that is not in English. <laughs> but nice. I did that on purpose because I actually wanted one from Italy. But um, <laughs> yeah, I buy I buy the ships that I think are cool that end up usually being pretty bad. So you got the Brobots. They're not bad. Oh, they're not bad. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They're just hard to fly. Yeah, I like them. <laughs> Other than that, everything else there is terrible. 
And you can actually put a, a robot on... Uh, yeah, there's a crew IG-88 now, so that you can chain the pilot abilities with non-aggressive. Really? Yeah. Whoa. So yeah, if you're playing, like, an epic game or something where you had, like, three of the robots, you could put, like, a crew on a fourth ship and then share the pilot abilities. Really? So all the IG-88s share to that other ship? Yeah. Wow. Okay, yeah, that's kind of interesting. So your Shadowcaster could be a robot ship Whoa. in its own right. Sort of it's kind of fucked up. I like it. <laughs> There's some synergies there that I'm sure people are trying to figure out right now. Yeah, I don't think it'll affect standard play too much, but the fact that it's, to me, a bit more of a nod to epic play is neat, because not a lot of people play those bigger games, and now there's yet one more reason. And Scum don't have any of the big epic-scale ships, so this is kind of like one of their only cool things when you're playing big games. Gotcha, okay. Yeah, it's a tie-in, so... Mike? No, no, it's supposed to be Dan now. <laughs> um, I'm... Just give it a four, Mike, and move on. Yeah, four. Go. For the sake of, you also are not sure. <laughs> nice. For the sake of breaking up the chain, I will actually give it a slightly lower rating because, like Steve was saying, the TIE Fighter, I think, is a little underwhelming. Where It does some cool things, like, for sure, but it's it's not one of those ships that people are, like, totally losing their minds over. I don't know. It's It does have some interesting upgrades, for sure. It does have a couple unique pilots that are interesting. But you but don't play Imperials, though. I, that's half the thing, is yeah. I don't get as excited about Imperials as the other list, but it's it's the one of the four that doesn't, like, blow me away and do things that are, It doesn't poop garbage like the Shadowcaster does. It can actually poop out debris clouds. Really? Yeah. Wow. I don't poop a five. <laughs> <laughs> Space farts. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so for me, I do like the models. I do like a lot of the rules, but there's almost always one wave, or one ship in a wave that I, I'm not impressed by. And this that time kind of makes sense. Though. Like it's not, yeah, it's kind of the point. But though, this think, is right? this is one of those games where like, just because of the nature of the game, I play all the factions. Yeah. So I want to be super stoked about every wave and every ship in it, and there's always one that I'm just like, eh. But I'm gonna say this right now: if they're batting seventy five percent with their yeah. releases, compare that to so many other games, and, it, it's, and it's a also really, personal taste. Like I'm really sure some people good. that really like tie swarms are probably just like, oh my god, I now have a tie that I can lead my ties with. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. I mean, like I'm giving it a three as well because I'm assuming that's what you're giving. Well, it's gonna give it a three and a half. Oh, okay. I'm giving it a three, three uh, for the wave itself. Like I'm, I'm a fan of the smaller ships and trying to do like multiple like numbers, like typically four or five like ships. So I'm a fan of the tie because I run Imperials most of the time and I'm used to the tie swarms. So it's got a few other tricks that I can now. Do you not like the Defiant? Shut your mouth. Are you? Are we gonna have to fight about this? I, I the <laughs> Defiant, are you defying the, the rest Defiant of us? isn't my favorite. I, I'm not a big fan typically of like lar- uh, big ships in general. Uh, I typically won't field them, but I'll have like. You one just of used each. to like them because they're bigger than you. It's true. You don't take big you ships. Got small man syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't I be taking all the big ships then? Technically, he's right. I should be running the boomerang, the Dangar boomerang. No, that would be a compensating issue. This mm-hmm. is like your anger towards that, the large. Okay, things. that is true. Okay, uh, but even. <laughs> But even this would be like if you owned a truck. Or no, this wouldn't be. That would be like if you owned a truck. <laughs> this is you being angry at these larger things. Okay. I was trying to compare it to that at some point. Um, With truck nuts. I was just going to say, like one of us needs to sculpt nuts on one of our ships now. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Uh, but, I mean, even the ARC-70, like... I, Space truck it's nuts. U- it's unique that, like, it only comes with the name ships, but I don't see, like, a lot of, like, uh, purchase power with that. Like, typically, guys will get, like, one... Yeah, but you'll and get two because it? you need the tail gunner card. 
And it has new Astromechs and stuff, so. It is a, it's another good purchase, I think, for the cards as much as the main ship, but I don't know. There's, there's some interesting pilots as well, but it's definitely not one that you need to buy three or four. I think it's got the best paint job out of the, the wave. But I knew that. But I'm I'm just not a big fan of the the ship in general with, with the name characters. Because, again, I just my play style, I like the, the cheaper ships and having just more of them, right? Your generic guys and trying to work synergies with your main guys kicking around sort of thing. So that's why I give it a three. All right. Well. All right. Let's move on to something that Steve can be really excited and nerd out on. Um, we actually, it's kind of amazing that we haven't talked about this yet because I guess we kind of did a little bit with when the the Kill Team box came out. Oh, yeah, that's right. We We're did. not Kill Team, but the Death Watch, Death Watch Overkill. Overkill. And um, we all lamented how, why don't the Gene Stealer cults have their own codex? Oh, my God. Just wait four months. Yeah. And then they get not only their own codex, but a surprisingly in-depth range of models. Yes, but they don't just have like two units like the Mechanicum got. I'm yeah, that's true. Uh, I am going to uh, say what everybody's thinking right now. They did not release a limo, which is which has set the internet ablaze in the community, uh, the 40k community. Everybody immediately mentions that. We'll talk about that after though. Because I've got something to show you. Oh, mm-hmm. do you now? Is is there a limo? Like, are you going to strip? Are you going to have to leave the room again? It could be. It could be sexual. Is there a third party limo coming in? Also, as a side note, it's already. They're out. already out. What? Who makes them? Let's talk about the G. No, yeah. no, no. We're gonna end it on a high note, Tom. We, you have no choice. I'm gonna, uh, yeah, I'm gonna let you just stew on this and just build that up. I'm just pissed off. I'm going to talk about fucking limos. You guys are going to talk about these stupid jeans through models with no limos? So, bullshit. <laughs> bullshit, I say. <laughs> what I do want to say is they actually are listening to the community. That's the first thing that I think is a takeaway from this. Like, we've got... Now, no, no, Mechanicum. I, people have been clamoring over Mechanicum and Gene Stealer cults for a long since time, second maybe, yeah, but it's not fifteen years. Because no, doesn't it take like years, literally, for a line to I don't go care. from creation to not necessarily anymore? Well, I think it's probably two years for sure from yeah. the initial concept sketches, sculpts, and all that kind of stuff. But two years to do an entire line of Harlequins, Mechanicus, Imperial Knights. Uh, like everything that people were really after, they've started to do. And I mean, the fact that they're codex, the other reason that I think they're starting to uh, accommodate their players a little more, and this is going to be a little bit a nod to you, Age of Sigmar, General Handbook. Okay, yeah. They, that was a huge accommodation. And then as well here, they've upgraded Gene Stealers in the Gene Stealer cult because they realized a signature unit of this army is not that good. We need to boost it. Now, if only they upgraded the models, fuck. Uh, well, you can use your Space Hulk ones. <laughs> but, like, so they're, okay. they're shitty looking, yeah. but they're climbing over things. I want to just say yeah, this right know. now. Um, the models, the new models in this wave are so amazing. The neophytes and the acolytes that are really The good. old school gene stealers and the converted Cadians look like donkey balls by comparison. <laughs> and it's I, not even that they're, the models are that bad. It's just, like, you can't. I don't think you could actually make them look like they fit together. Uh, I think you can. Um, and I think the Games Workshop stuff has actually done a pretty good job of making it look like it fits together. I think, because half, I think half the issue is just that they painted the Cadians like regular color scheme, but with different heads. 
Whereas if they did them in like a matching color scheme or more tied in color scheme to like the Death Watch Overkill style models, yes. it would have blended a lot better. And that's what I was going to say is they're not supposed to look together because depending on the generation of the, the. Yeah, from a distance, they're supposed to be like mistakable for standard humans. No, no, but it's it's not. I'm not talking about like a cohesive looking army. I'm talking about it looks like miniature ranges from different manufacturers. Sure. The quality. Those Gene Stealer models have not changed since I started playing 40k. Uh, that's that's not true. They, uh, when, you started playing, when you started playing 40k, they were still snapped together. I know this because I have lots of Tyranids, and you started playing at the same time as me, and I have snapped together Gene Stealers, so don't, don't talk to me about Are that. these actually that different? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. So they recut the sprue, added a couple new options. They have some But the sculpt the is accounts. exactly the same. They're the, yeah, you're entirely correct. That has not changed. They've changed maybe the proportions or the size. But aside from that, let's, let's not dwell on that. Because there's a lot of gold in here. No, and I wanted to get this out of the way now, so yes. I could be like, this is my critique, and then we could just talk about how much we're ejaculating. Yeah, okay, so I actually think that the Neophyte upgrade kit is looks good enough. It's Cadians, and it's an upgrade kit, so if they do new Cadians, that screw will still be valid. Or any new Imperial Guard. like Which would be awesome. Great code Imperial Guard, which honestly, with or what their third-party Imperial Guard. Exactly, there's that too. Yeah. Um... But then you go into, like, the Goliath truck. I think it looks really good. The truck is awesome. I'm I, really into the truck. I'm a huge fan of it. Yeah. Now that needs nuts. Actually, that would work quite well. My favorite thing about the <laughs> truck, honestly, is that there's two different ways to build the suspension. So if you're building, like, the heavy one with the giant dozer and stuff, it actually sits lower, like, towards the ground. Then if you have, like, the light version of it, then there's the bigger gap between the wheel wells and the wheels themselves. Yeah. Little details oh, like yeah, that yeah. go a long way. Yep, yeah, I think sure. that's pretty cool. Um, so the other thing that's kind of cool that I'm glad that they're starting to uh, pay attention to is they finally, I think, done an army that sets itself apart from everything else in 40K in a measurable way that hasn't been done in probably 15 years. Like, you typically have your fast and flighty Eldar. Dark Eldar, Eldar still kind of play the same. There's not a huge difference there. Crazy War Gear, not that tough. One's a little faster, one's a little tougher. Exactly. Move on. Uh, your Space Marines and various flavors are all the same. Unless they're evil, then they're just worse. Like, that's true. Entirely. Like, there's not... There's they're very slight tweaks on a theme. Like, Tau just shoot a little better than Imperial Guard, but don't fight in close combat as well. This army's entire shtick is its deployment and its movement. And it has some very, very cool uh, ways of deploying. Like, I don't know if you guys have looked at the, the chart. <laughs> no? So basically, really? for each unit that you have, you roll on a deployment chart. And on a one, it shows up on your backboard edge. That's the worst result. On a two, it outflanks, as normal. On a three, I think it outflanks, and you get to choose. On a four, it just literally deploys anywhere you want. On a five, I think it can deploy where you want. And uh, I don't know if it can charge, but on a six, it certainly can so it really rewards sort of an MSU-style uh, approach. Like, you literally have a cult of just ragtag ramble kind of thing, like just rabble. And your deployment, you're not entirely sure how it's going to work out. Some of the formations give you benefits, and some of the HQs will give you benefits to the unit as well. But the th reason that it's so interesting is you can have a very cheap unit of 20 gene stealers with a single HQ, and it could potentially deep strike and charge you the first turn with 100 strength 5 rending attacks. 
So that sounds fun for the opponent. It's very Are they still like a weapon skill pretty high? Still weapon skill pretty high. So your Overwatch can be a thing that might mitigate it, but it's it's just one of those armies where it's like you're it's very, not sure what you're gonna be doing. It's very asymmetric. Exactly. It feels like you're fighting against a guerrilla force, as far as I've read so far. I haven't played against anybody that has an army yet, because people are still buying models and putting them together, but it feels like guerrilla warfare, which is what the army's supposed to be. Yeah, back when I used to play Nids, I loved my Gene Stealers. Yeah, so I guess we should start with the Gene Stealers. The, the thing that I think uh, is most important about the entire army, they've given Gene Stealers the same points cost as Tyranids, but they've given them a 5-plus invol and stealth. Just right out of the box. Wow. So they've realized Gene Steelers were not that good. There were some issues with them. They were quite expensive for what you got. Here's a few buffs. Now people are talking that they're playable. Are they still like 16 points a model? 14. Okay. So coupled with the deployment that you might be able to pull off some wacky shenanigans, uh, which in 40k is not that out of place. Like you can seize and with the uh, oh, tower and, and blow people up. And honestly, water. 40k is the game of shenanigans. And you yep. either want to play it or you don't. Mm-hmm. And like, I think there's... And the other point that I'm going to make here is it might be a good counter to some of the Death Star builds. Like, okay, cool, you have an invisible Death Star. You just got hit by, I don't know, 100... Let's say 280-point uh, unit with character maybe 400 max to your 800-point Death Star. You just got hit with that first turn, and now you're in combat with that. Like, that's kind of terrifying. Coupled with the fact that um, in a challenge you can always pass Lookout Sir Wounds onto... Like, normally in a challenge, you can't Lookout Sir a wound, right? Yeah. But in the Gene Stealer Cult, you can specifically always Lookout Sir in a challenge to a model in your squad because they have... They're fanatical for their leaders, right? They have this uh, brood mind that they'll just expend themselves with, like, a patriarch's in trouble. So you can get this, like, really weird sort of wound sponge. Uh, it's it's kind of neat. Like, it plays very different. So I'm super excited about that. And I got it. As much as I was really upset about the the inclusion of the older models in this army, dear God, yeah, these make the Mechanicus models look like shit. Yep, and that's that's hard to do. Those are great looking Mechanicum models. They're yep. these these acolytes and neophytes and the acolytes specifically troglodytes or whatever the fuck those other things are called. They look great. So you're you're those, I, what are those weird like aberrant thingies? The big mutant looking ones with those the clubs are the, I think the aberrants. Cool. Uh, the hybrid hybrids. Yeah, uh, yeah like those are fantastic models. They're yeah. so good. Like the, I, I can't. I guess one of the things that makes me happy that Games Workshop waited this long. Neophytes. There's neophytes. Then there's the uh, which are the sort of cultist looking guys. The yeah. human. Yeah, the human yeah, looking the, guys. And then the acolytes. But there's, I think they're called the Aberrants or whatever. I don't know if they have a separate kit yet or if they're just in the Death Watch Overkill. But yeah, like the mutant total gribbly guys with just the big pickaxes and stuff. What are they? Oh, uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about now. I'm just trying to figure out uh, what you meant there. They might uh, be out next month. Who knows? Can't remember the name. <laughs> Either way. Yeah, not, nothing they're gorgeous. And everything like that, so. They look really, really, really good. Yeah, and they really captured that feel of sort of like that lost mining colony type thing, like the really underclass of 40k, like with the the mining drill or saw thing. Like that model, probably my favorite model in the entire range, the guy with the giant chop saw. Yeah. You like for like, cutting rocks You up. don't like the baby gene stealers? They're pretty Wait, cool. Hold on, baby gene stealers? From the, the little familiars. From the yeah, Bruce Coven. And they, the, uh, they give your leaders buffs, like they, I think, bump 
one mastery level, if I'm not mistaken. I love this one with this tongue out. <laughs> yeah, there's actually a, one of the... Uh, they look like... Honestly, the head on this one looks like the mock alien from Spaceballs that jumps out and does the, like, frog from Looney Tunes <laughs> yes, bit. dance. Um, they never they thought of their that. Leaders. There's, I it's think, bang on. They give you a strength four rending attack and I think bump your mastery level by one. So they're, they're pretty cool for that. Um, Fuck! I don't want to play 40k, but god damn, these are beautiful. <laughs> and the truck is so good. Yeah, and you can... The truck's fairly cheap, got some interesting rules. You can do. It's only $70, too, which is nice. That was one of the things I was going to bring up. Points cost-wise, this is an army that does not make the dollars to points that good for you. Uh. They're pretty expensive, <laughs> so... Um, but if you already have a Death Watch Overkill box from before, you basically have a decent start to your army. Yeah, so you might I feel know. like you're coming out ahead if you already bought the hundred eighty dollars. If you box. guys could agree to like just playing thousand point games of forty k for the next few years, I would play this. I play games of thousand point forty k for sure. Like, you don't have to play at a tournament. I've got plenty to play. Because uh, that would be like a couple hundred bucks doable. <laughs> just have your patriarch be Alf, and then you're set. <laughs> Yeah, do it. Oh, just have elf hybrids, or some of them elf are slightly furry. Battle yeah. tech. I don't think I like this. Elf might be the new battle tech. <laughs> uh, oh, dudes! I when, once I start getting these conversions going, our Facebook page is going to be littered with these things. That's not good. Uh, <laughs> Revoke his access. Yeah, so I guess what I'm trying to say here with uh, with the gene circles, because I don't want to do a full codex review. I obviously haven't played against it. Um, They've got a very different way of of fighting the game. Like they've got uh, all their weapons are mining weapons. Uh, I don't know if you guys have also looked at some of the weapons, like the seismic. The drills. unit leader with the fucking pickaxe. That's looks so good. If I'm not so, have you seen the guy with the power hammer? The hammer. Power hammer. Yeah, it's a it's a mining hammer. This guy's got a fucking shotgun. Yeah, yeah, you can actually arm all of them with shotguns. Yeah, they all have auto rifles and shotguns. So there's auto ten rifles, plasma guns, or shotguns for free. Yeah. So you pick what you want just for oh, fun. And get tons yeah. of bits in the set. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the power pick is what you're after there. It's uh, plus two strength AP3 unwieldy. So it's not a specialist weapon, so it grants plus one attack. So if your, your squad... What's unwieldy do again? Strike last. Strike last. But because you're, because you're in a Gene Stealer cult... Your characters automatically pass lookout sirs, so you can just pass that wound off in a challenge to anybody else. So it actually makes kind of sense to have a cheap, shitty upgrade sergeant, because he doesn't die until the rest of your unit does. Which, admittedly, in a 10-man unit, presumably with uh, five-up save? Uh, yeah, it might be six. I don't know about those guys. <laughs> they're, they're not going to be good on the survivability scale. Well, they look like they could <laughs> basically have the same save as Acadian. Yeah, which is, I think, five. Because they're not five. actually... The Acadians are five. Um... But they're not actually Imperial Guardsmen. They're no, but I'm just saying, like based on the armor, because like I'm not going to read rules. I'm just going to look at armor and stuff. And I don't know the stats lines for the ones that you're looking at, but yeah, it's good. Um, God damn. Yeah, they got some cool stuff. But the the one other thing that you might be interested in too, so they uh, can get demolition charges. This is something that I was talking about before the podcast. Was that the acolytes? Tom's <laughs> so just looking at the. He's just staring intently at these two pictures. I'm totally okay with this because I want you to start playing Gene Sir Cults because I think it would actually be your playstyle. It'd be a lot of fun. And it'd be one of those. It'd be an army that a thousand points would be totally beer and pretzels, giggle and laugh fun. My only problem is that I know I'll get the army and paint it, and then like a year and a half later, they're going to change the codex and just ruin everything that I own. That's not, the, that's not their style anymore, man. Like, look at Tao. 
Yeah, the new thing is just having a million supplements that add on to or replace a codex in some small ways, but never actually replace it. Yeah, they never they never change things to the point where, uh, well, they never. They don't change things really to the point where it invalidates your previous build anymore. They might make a unit better or add something that's super cool. At least until they may or may not blow up the universe. Then all yeah, bets are off. Very true. Um, um, so, also, if you're an old school fluff bunny, have you guys noticed that they have web pistols? Yes, they do have webbers. Yeah. And the web pistols are really, really cool because they are strength three, which kind of sucks, but their AP is your strength. So if you're strength two, it's AP two. If you're strength five, it's AP five. Because the weaker you are, you can't struggle against the web pistol. So it's really good against Karats, <laughs> but not so good against Marines. Like, it's really cool. I like but it. against Guardsmen, fuck your save. Well, it's, yeah, it's AP three against Guardsmen. Uh, or Eldar. Yeah, Eldar don't like it. That's for sure. Ooh. Yeah. There you go. Uh, I mean, the other thing, too, is like with the re-emergence of specialist games is you might be able to throw these guys also into Necromunda, and then that way you don't have to paint necessarily as much. Well, but I'm thinking what I'm worried This is not a test. They're just mutants. There you go. Oh, hey, you know, they would work really good Or even good Kill Team. It's not a test, right? Uh, in fact, mm-hmm. maybe Death Watch Over Kill was supposed to be a Kill Team game. That's what they're talking about a lot. So you can start with Kill Teams, and we could play a Kill Team game. That would be fun. Be a good place to start. Oh, to God it. damn it! They're it, pretty. It, w- it would be a good start, and, and then you would have to buy this is what they're these new vehicles do. that um, a company called War Games Exclusive came. Show out. me the picture, War. <laughs> Show me the goddamn picture. So it's a bundle uh, where there is. You're still uh, not showing me the photo. Five limousines. Picture it didn't at first. It's uh, 165 euros. Ooh. So about 250 bucks? Probably a little more. But those are the cars. Oh, those look good. (laughs) Just show me the goddamn photo. They look really good. Whoa. Which would be fucking amazing. It's a company Uh, that makes a a lot of knockoffs and such. So they've they've got some... Okay, we're not like... I hate so much of you guys right now. But it's... Yeah, they're like fucking Dragula, man. <laughs> they look like the Batmobile from Batman Forever. Yeah, kind of, actually. So no, this one here is the Batmobile from Batman Forever. Yeah, like that one. <laughs> With it's like, a little spikier, a little more gothic-y. But oh my god. If you actually do remember the original uh, Gene Sutter Cult limousine in detail, it's pretty close, that one, actually. I know! <laughs> it does suck that you have to buy a set of five. There are, there are. But you know what? That's still cheaper than buying. So they'd be, Goliaths. let's say, like upper end, three hundred bucks Canadian. Yeah, something like that. Because the euro is what one point six, one point seven. Around that, I don't know. About half, buck and a half. It's always one point five. Yeah. Oh, then yeah, it'd be under three hundred bucks, which is well under. Which for five is significant. Well, it's about the same price as getting. No, could be thirty five hundred bucks or three hundred fifty bucks to get five of the regular ones. Yeah, so it'd be similar ish. You'd be looking at like eighty bucks cheaper. It'll make a yeah, difference well. whether or not the site has free shipping. Real, really, yeah. like if that, it's, I mean, yeah, that's if you're right, spending like so. thirty euros on shipping, there goes your savings. But, but yeah, you've got a lot of cool stuff that you can do with this army too. Um, oh god, this looks so good. The play style is really cool. You can you can be goofy with it, which is what I like. Like the demolition claw, where you basically get free demolition charges uh, or upgraded demolition charges and a chance they don't go away. So if you really like that imperial guard mechanic of throwing bombs on your own guys. Uh, which I know yeah. there's lots having, of things Which I've always loved, by the way. Because having large blasts that you throw up to six inches is fantastic. 165 euros equals... 
$241. Did I not say about 250 bucks and you said wrong, Tom? And then plus... Well, he was saying earlier that the exchange rate... Plus was whatever the shipping is. Half, so, I mean, there's there's a lot of other extras, too. Like if I'm you get, looking at if, what their shipping is. Okay, well, if you... <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say get out of there because there's also some like all alternative vehicles too. Like that's the package of like the limos, which looks pretty sweet. So I would highly. Why recommend would I get something other than these ones? I don't know. I'm just saying. But that's I I saw that on like a 40k site and I was just like, yeah, those have been around for a while. These are amazing. So one of my favorite things the entire uh, codex that's come out is you have mining weapons, but you know what's in the mining weapons section? Explosives. Heavy stubber. Oh. Um, uh, you need to shoot rocks? Uh, they were like, do you just shoot the mining <laughs> rocks out of the ground? Like, is, are bullets in the 41st millennium just that plentiful that you just <laughs> mine with them? I could get off my ass and use a shovel, or I could just shoot a hole in the ground. <laughs> with a fucking heavy stubber, which is a 50 cal, if anybody does not realize yeah, that. Yeah, it's like a, like a browning machine gun oh, or yeah. somebody thing. Yeah. Yeah, that just... Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff in the list. Um... <laughs> I didn't get a chance to mention seismic cannons. Uh, that's a thing that's back. They have different, like, it's a different mechanic. They, 12-inch uh, two-shot missile launcher, rending at AP1. So if you rend with it, it's not the normal AP2, which is better for blowing up vehicles, which makes sense if you're trying to burrow through metal, right, with a, mine, with a seismic cannon. Like, it kind of makes sense. Isn't the AP2 thing, are they always AP1 or just AP1 when they rend? When they rend, but they're normally a missile launcher, so AP3. But if you rent it to AP1 so it can blow up vehicles a little easier. Any guesses as to how much international shipping is? Probably 100 bucks. Just give me some guesses, people. 40 pounds. 10 pounds. 40 euros, because we're Free. doing euros. 100 bucks. Free. 75. Steve wins! Free. 4 euros. 4 euros. Oh, really? Wow. For international shipping. 4 euros for Four international euros. shipping. To Bulgaria oh. only. This is international delivery. 4 euros. Huh. So your total is 168 euros. So this would be like a little over 250 bucks. So you're saving a hundred bucks for five awesome fucking limos. Yeah, you pick up. There's a formation, but on you don't the get web. the sweet like drill shields on the front. You do not. That is that is the drill shields are pretty sweet looking with they're like the fucking sweet. I know. I I really like that. What I would probably I, do, I would just totally yell like screw you. <laughs> <laughs> the real trick with this would be if you're doing it totally kind of like recall. that thousand point kill team style. You pick up a couple of the G Dev vehicles. And then when you're going to go I make it... I don't think it, in Kill Team you can have a vehicle. But, like, the 1,000 points. Oh, yeah, you can. Like, you can. In, in Kill it's team. just it max, it's like like maximum 32, maximum 32 or something for its armor. Oh, which I'm sure one of these things would fit in. Like all uh, sides. Not 13... Oh, it's got really shitty side armor on those uh, things. So obviously they don't have drill fronts. It, may, it might. Anyway, so the way you do it, you pick up one or two of the G-Dub ones. Maybe. For your, like, 1,000-point army. And then when you're upping to a tournament size, you buy that pack. Yep. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, and I have to say they have a, a bundle deal on the website, which is a squad of the Neophytes and a squad of the Acolytes, and I think a Patriarch or a Mangos or something else. And you save a couple bucks. It's $80 uh, US. I don't know what it is in Canadian. Um, but you save a few bucks, and you get all the models that are everybody's super excited about. Yeah. It's probably so, about a hundy. Yeah. They're, they're really trying to push people into sort of those easier start collecting type things. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Gene Soder Cults has one yet. I'm sure they will right away. They but really need a start cool. collecting bundle for 40k for all the armies. They have they do. a lot from a lot Where of you actually like save a real amount yes. of money. Yes. Yes. Uh, I think they have them so just army. A, It's just not Age of Sigmar. It's 40k too. Yeah. Do they, you like walk into a store and buy? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The Mechanicum one actually is the it's like you basically oh, get an honor to do crawler for free. Um, I told you Tom. No is no. 
Uh, oh, there's even but a... But yes is sometimes no. Oh, what? There's even a, a middle class pack, which is uh, three of the vehicles for 100 euros. But isn't it like a random three of the five, so you don't know which ones you're getting? Um, there's pictures of this specific three, I think. I seem, it's Maybe it's not the case anymore, but I seem to remember from when the site, they first launched these things, yeah. I think it was like, unless you got the full set there, of five... And then there's a specific limo as well, too. Okay, because I think in the beginning you couldn't specifically know which ones you're getting unless you were getting a full set, uh, which was like... It's so, like those little fucking 25 cent machines where you're like, I could get the one I want, or I might have to take 20 tries to get the one. Yeah, that's want. true. So, Oh, they've got a full stretch limo. Also, yeah, you wa- probably want to do an entire unit of aberrant uh, hybrids with hammers, because it's awesome. And then I'll just wear hammer pants. And it looks really cool. Like, they look badass. They've just got, like, basically thunder hammers, but they're mining hammers with an explosive charge on the tip. And then you can say, stop. I do like explosive tips. Break yeah. it down. They're plus three strengths, so they are strength eight. Uh, I think AP one, and they do strike last. Like oh they're, God! There, there's some pretty cool stuff in there. I think I'm like actually holding out for when they do chaos properly, but this is real tempting. Uh, I might even just buy those cars for in- Inquisitor or not Inquisitor Infinity. Oh yeah, that'd be good for scenery. Yeah. Shut your mouth! It's my idea. <laughs> uh, you can play on the same goddamn table, boys. <laughs> They'd be so hot, though. So the other thing, too, Tom, I have a lot <laughs> of you know Neo Guard that order. I'm never going to use that I would just give you if you want some of the neophytes. <sighs> Buy a couple upgrade screws and the stuff that the you want. The first hit is free. Uh, no, I, I, when I'm done my Melmachian crew, we'll talk. <laughs> I want somebody to play this army that I know because I really think it's going to be fun to play with and against. I just, I think for me the biggest thing... Um, which is great podcasting, is I, I love the idea of playing smaller points as 40k. Yep. More so than tournament level stuff. Because it's... I'm just actually really excited now that I thought about it that the, whatever it is will work really good and this is not a test with all the weird weapons and all the yeah. minor yeah. equipment. Yeah. It's like, wow, hey! And, like, and that's, and that's you, That'll be honest, that's the reason why I haven't really got excited about it is because, oh, you have to kind of make your own figures. I'm like, that's never been my thing. But you buy one box. Yeah, no, I know. So this is good. This is, I'm saying this has got me excited to try out. Yep. This is not a test now. Yeah, great. So overall, I, this I release is good for yeah. so many reasons. Holy shit, the Goliath truck's open top, too. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah there's the two back. One of is like an, a truck bed, and the other one's like armor and fold. So they've got the flatbed and the SUV version. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Well, there you go. Honestly, you, guys. You can't, you can't put pure stain gene stealers in there. <laughs> For good reasons. <laughs> Open top vehicle with pure strain gene stealers would be a little rowdy. Better now buffed. <laughs> I would like to say five. I'm going to give it a five. Um, the only thing is the army uses old models, which is well, really... I think they're eventually going to be replaced. And it's an upgrade sprue. So who gives a shit? Like, you put it on any other models you want. Yeah. It, I do have a question for you, though. Is Toughest Girls in the Galaxy... What is the current 40k um, competitive play mindset for, like, ITC? Do they care if it's all Citadel? No, not at all. Uh, it's, it, they use what is called the rule of cool. If it looks cool and is obvious what it is and isn't abusing the base base size for any sort of things, it's fine. If you tell your opponent his army isn't cool, does he automatically lose? No, if, it, if somebody it? shows up with a Coca-Cola can as a Carnifex, because it's sort of the same base size, no. <laughs> that is just, you don't get to use that model. That's the, and it's up to every TO, but uh, like at LVO, they will not allow conversions that are obviously not what they're trying to represent. However, 
That being said, they did have the, I want to say, Demons player that had his Demon Prince be the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man from Ghostbusters. Yeah, two of those, and then they had Gozer the Gozerian. Because that like is the, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I got pictures of that one. That one was yeah. pretty neat, actually. So you're fine. And uh, that wasn't a model. That was just, I don't know. The Mars Attacks Necrons that were there that had all sort of the night size, the Mars Attacks fly, uh, Flying Saucers. That yeah, that was really cool. Um, so yeah, you're fine. Do whatever you want. And as long as it's not <laughs> stupid, <laughs> you're good. So no elf models? Uh, you can do elf if you can pull it off. If you had elf as your uh, aberrant hybrids, because they are aberrant, because they're elf, <laughs> that people would find that hilarious, I'm sure. Ordering ten more, baby. You'd have to oh. you'd have to WYSIWYG up what they're armed with. So giant have, fucking pickaxes. You'd on have elf. to have Alf with pickaxes and hammers. But other than that, you'd be you had be an Alf. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I'm sad about this. Yeah, no, I'm gonna give it a five for sure. I'm gonna give it a four because because uh, you're contrarian. They're really good models. I can actually. Wait, buy some of them thing. and use them for a system that I want to play. And You're it's, really bad at this whole thing, Mike. Yeah, I know. But it's also down one because it's making me buy 40k models. How is that a bad thing? That, for me, it's a bad thing. Why? Because I always go full bore into everything I go Oh, I see. No, so, like, <laughs> it's a very slippery, slippery slope. Slippery you buy them for this is not a test. Then yeah. you're like, I buy two or three more units. You're playing a thousand points. Yeah. Then you're like, so fuck, you're, I buy a few more units. I'm yeah. playing tournament size. You're, you're playing, you're doing mental flips right now yeah. to make this release suck a little bit so you don't buy it. Yes. Gotcha. Gotcha. Word up. Oh. Or sharps. Sharps. Wow, bringing that back. <laughs> Let's take a trip down memory lane. It's the theme. Get it right. The theme. The theme. No, it's for me. It's always sharps. Mm. I like the theme. I like the theme too. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go with a four, just because I'm not rushing out and buying it. There's a lot of cool stuff. I like the new look of the the new models that are coming out. The they're not imperial fists. Traditional gene stealers, though. I do really need kind of a, mm. a change or an upgrade. Mm. So I'm keeping it as a four. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm going to say five because the new designs are totally fantastic. They're just multi-part better versions of the one from Death Watch Overkill, which were already amazing. Yep. So the new aesthetic is great. The fact that it's a more complete codex than the Mechanicum and some of the previous ones that were like split up. Yep. I think it's a better deal. It's all in one place. So I think this is one of the better 40K releases in a long time. Yeah. I'm really excited to see what it does. There's, there's, there's one other And their thing. dice were terrible. But that doesn't. But count. all the dice they released are terrible. No, oh no, they started changing them. Believe it or not, they which started ones were good? The wood elf ones because they were actually wood. No, the, were they actually wood? Wood. No, but well, it was start, like grainy plastic. They start changing plastic. some no, of the they sixes. Were, they were, were they actually wood? They were wood. Yeah. Really? They just looked and like they, plastic. They actually, yeah, they were actually wood. Isn't that they, worse almost? Like wood that looks like plastic that looks no, like wood. No, seriously. Do you get them next time? They're literally just like balsa wood. They're like some sort of light. White wood type thing, uh, but I know what you mean. They are <laughs> changing from the symbols being on the ones to the sixes. Yeah, because that's way better. Everybody knows that. Okay, so I have a question for you guys. I don't know which dice sets have. Yeah, I know, but it is. Yeah. I've seen it in a couple. So years. this is something that fans have been clamoring for for about twenty years. That was lost after Second Ed, right? Uh, well, no. Here's the thing: they well, never the, had an army in Second Ed. They had a White Dwarf article. I think they had like a Citadel journal. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. no but like, it was a thing that existed, kind of. Same like with the Harley ones; they had a Citadel journal. Yeah, right. So it was something that loosely kind of existed in Second Ed that fans have been clamoring for for a long time, right? So, the question I have for you guys: mm-hmm. 
Does this open the door for squats? No. No, I don't think it opens the door. I, d- I don't think so. Squats. I think squats are done. Gone. Well, they, didn't they all get eaten already? They did. They got eaten by a high By fleet. the tunids. But, like, I don't know. I kind of feel like Games Workshop is saying fuck it and doing whatever people want. But I also nobody think nobody actually seriously gave a shit about them. It was people like us just being assholes and trolling. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think anyone actually missed trucker hats and surfboards and all that stuff. Like, they were shit. <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty shitty. Yeah. I'm with you. I don't think squads are coming back. But I I do think you're going to see, like in the teaser video, plastic sisters. Whether they're sisters of battle or sisters of silence remains to be seen. Was Dual, sisters, of sisters of silence they are a pre-heresy. Stuff. Like they're all uh, okay. pariahs, like the anti-psyker okay. psychic blanks. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, but. they're in a couple of the Horus Heresy novels. Um, they're pretty cool. Actually. They're very chatty, as the name implies. Yeah. Dr. <laughs> When we were in Vegas, I, I picked up the uh, toughest girls in the galaxy because I wanted to do Sisters of Silence yeah. with them. But maybe just wait another month. Yeah. And um, in all honesty, like, uh, with the teaser stuff, briefly talk about Magnus the Red, New Thousand Sun Sprue. Well, I, before we even get there, which is cool, <laughs> they clearly have a sense of humor. Like, they had their cool splash release kind of spoiled. And they were like, well, here you go. Like, you know, a bit of a, like, they understand they're producing toys again. I think they're not taking themselves too seriously and they're giving the community what they want, which is cool. Like Magnus. Yeah. Magnus. Although from the very grainy crumpled box, did anybody notice the box also looks like it's destroyed in that photo? Like yeah. It's smashed up. Uh, the paint job looked terrible in that model. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on with that particular studio paint job, but hopefully we'll get some good pictures yeah. and some alternate paint schemes. I'm hoping that it's just a bad picture and it's just not showing contrast because that's yeah. what I saw in like the tiny little thumbnail. It was, but no like bad. it's a picture of a picture, right? Yeah. So yeah. be fair with that one for sure. No, um, I disagree. But no, it's uh, th- this is promising, man. Yeah. Again, GW's only failing right now is they're producing good stuff at high cost, which is always kind of tough because you're in a luxury market where people don't like to spend money. I think the only so failing isn't their cost. It's that the community is mostly set on buying all of the things and playing large point sizes. Mm-hmm. If Honestly, if there was regular leagues like they used to be at a games workshop where everyone was playing 1,000 points, mm-hmm. you would you would see a really strong community playing locally. Of like, I think there is a really strong community that's playing locally. Like the, the tournament scene's really never been bigger. But like it would be even bigger, I Ima- think. Imaginary Wars has a good uh, starter night uh, for 40k right now, so I think they're playing the smaller points size. I think you're entirely right. The point size is something to um, sort of talk about, but tournament size games are a little different. They're but the thing is, everybody's focused on let's play tournament games as your sort of starter. And that's thing. the problem. That is a problem. I agree. Like, there's nothing wrong with getting a few squads of guys and trying a kill team game. But people immediately start building, okay, what do I need to, to play in a tournament? And there's nothing wrong with that either. Like, there's this either-or thing is is just get some models and play. Like, yeah. GW lets you play Unbound. Buy stuff, roll dice. It might be ridiculous, <laughs> but do it. Um, and I think you should get a 1,000 points of Gene Slayers we should play. 
Or maybe a thousand points of everything except the gene stealers because the actual gene stealers. Yeah, oh God. Yeah, I, I did those once like 15 years <laughs> but ago. But we know what back. he meant. We know what he meant. Yeah. Well, okay, well then you should figure out some sort of counts as cool proxy because the gene stealers are really good. Elf. Cursed Rain Elf. Malmackians! Cursed Rain Elf was even better. It was just a bunch of elves <laughs> coming at you. Like, uh, again, I've got ten in the mail. <laughs> you should do that, actually. That would be the way to go, because all the other models are super cool, except for the gene stealers. Alpha. <laughs> and then they could alpha strike. They could alpha strike uh, out of reserves. Roll that six and get charged by ten alphas. Okay, Two what's what's oh, happening coming up, Ward? We gotta bad. move out of this segment. Uh, so the uh, few events that we have uh, for the remainder of the year uh, coming up: uh, October twenty second, twenty third, Game a Lot uh, board game event in Saint Albert. Um, they've got uh, registration still up for signing up for the different syst- or board games that they'll be running over the weekend. Uh, Onslaught is also the 22nd, 23rd. There is still room in quite a few of the systems. Uh, a few of them are pretty close to being sold out, so if you're thinking about playing Fantasy, sooner rather than later would be beneficial. Have you opened up more episode. spots for that? I did. I opened them up to 30 each. Whoa. Yeah, so there's 30 spots in each, and I think that there's four spots left for... Age of Sigmar, and I think five or six for sixth or ninth uh, age fantasy. So, well done, boys! Lots of fantasy players, which is awesome. So, uh, November fifth and sixth is the Banshee Paint Class down at Imaginary Wars in Calgary. Tom and myself will be there. Woohoo! Come and paint some uh, models um, with us. We'll be working on a bust as well as a seventy-five millimeter fig. Mm-hmm. So, which should be a good time. Uh, November 19th is uh, Team OP's Ninth Age Captain's Tournament. Uh, so it's a team tournament with three uh, players on a team. Uh, it's going to be at the Sentry Box. It's going to be $20 at the door per player. Um, and then so far is December 9th. December 3rd is the Edmonton Brawler at the uh, Strathton Church. Uh, it's going to be 40k with some other systems. I know that their War Machine event went uh, well earlier this month, so I believe that that will be one of the systems that we'll be carrying over for sure. And uh, not 100% sure yet on the other systems that will be there. Sounds good. So, yeah. They usually do uh, a hot lunch and a reasonable cost, so yeah, check it out for sure. And that's everything that I got. Okay. Well, until next time, this has been another episode of Hobbit in Canada. I'm your host, Tom. I'm Dan. I'm Ward. Mike. And I'm Steve. Until next time, paint your fucking jeans to their cults, because I think I have to do it now. And also Alf. Alf.